This is the Criterion Cruise Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. And I'm uh, here and present. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're watching early 1980s German avant-garde television, because why wouldn't we? As we've begun to watch Spine 411 in the Criterion Collection, Rainier Werner Fassbinder's Berlin Alexanderplatz from 1980. But first, RJ, we're here. Yeah. We, we made it. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. You know what I mean? Does, does, it, does it feel like a, a reward watching Berlin Alexanderplatz <laughs> at long last? Like a reward? Like you mean a treat? Yeah. Um, I don't know how other people would describe watching berlin alexander plots i I honestly didn't know a whole lot about it other other than it was long that's That's the only thing i knew about it that's all you really need to know yeah that was all i was ever privy to was that information Mm -hmm. was that it's uh it is a long Mm -hmm. stretch i went okay this is what you get for Mm -hmm. doing your 358th episode is that good you get a little berlin alexander plots for your troubles Oh, yeah. Do you think that's good? Um, we'll see. Because we what we've done, folks, just in case you didn't know, because you haven't listened to the last, I don't know, month. It's been a month since we did uh, Under the Volcano. Can you believe hmm. that? You believe this? You hearing this? Um, you seeing this? So the, the plan is, we're not doing all of Berlin Alexander Platz today. We're not, we, we're not insane. We didn't watch all 15 hours uh, mm-hmm. on, on a Sunday. We uh, we're pacing it. Mm-hmm. We did the first three episodes. There's 14 in total, or how's it put? 13 parts in an epilogue. Sure. Uh, so we're gonna do three this week, three or so this week, and then for the next few weeks, it'll probably wind up uh, condensing down into four and four, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll call her. We'll see uh, if we feel like including the uh, 1931 silent film. Uh, we all know R.J. loves German <laughs> silent films. How how high does the toggle the speed toggle on Criterion Channel go? Is it two sure. times, three does it times? Go, does it go beyond two? I don't know. I don't know. I could. It, I mean, if the silent film was an hour and a half, and there was a five times speed toggle, I could watch that in about fifteen minutes. I think my my favorite uh, speed button is close browser. That's my. Uh, that's that's my a good one. That's a good speed run. That is. Yep. Yeah, I think some people, uh, when we, we didn't have an episode last week, I think some people are like, holy shit, they're going to do it. They're going to watch all 15 hours in one go. But in actuality, it was you and me were kind of like, you know what? We don't want to start this yet. That was what it was me for my end. I had something I had, I had to do, and I was yeah. just like, I really don't want to do this this well, week. Well, well, two things occurred, right? Because oh, yes. first of all, you, you, you uh, checked in with me uh, after we recorded The Last Ghoul School, and... Uh, mm-hmm. 
you're like, I, I got called in. Pizza Hut is short uh, staffed and they need their mm-hmm. uh, number one guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. I'm okay. I, I'll take the I'll take the <laughs> the that week. Sure. And then and then I went and got COVID, RJ. And yeah. uh, then I'm, then I'm like, I'm very glad, very glad uh, that we took last week off. See, that's good. I mean, as I've said many, many times, this is a free podcast, except for people who want to uh, pay for uh, pay us money uh, in a different way. But this is free. If we need a little extra time, it, it's okay. And uh, how is your COVID? You still here? You know yeah, what I mean? I'm, I'm here. It's, I think it's mostly past. Um, this time out, this is, this is number two uh, since uh, last year around spring. So here it mm-hmm. found me in fall. No idea where it came from. Uh, just it's everywhere. Uh, the one night I was like, I've got a bit of a sore throat. Maybe I'll, mm-hmm. like, sometimes you know you get a sore throat and you're like, ah, sure. I'll go to sleep and it'll be gone. No, I was I was quite sick, you know. Do one of those uh, rapid tests. Says you're fine. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, maybe it's just the flu. And then a couple of days later, you do another test and you go, nope. <laughs> I Not the it case. Was, eh? It was different this time. Felt different. Oh, just like full on, like flu. Yeah, um, yeah. Really floating in my own fluids, RJ. Just, you did what? Just, Sorry. Just covered, covered in sweat. Uh, yeah, that that part. Uh, that part sucked. Okay. okay. I, didn't have, I didn't have a fever, I don't think, but I was just sweating and sweating and sweating. Yeah. No chills, but yeah. There was, they weren't electrifying the chills? No. Yeah. Just like, just like we realized your shirt's like damp. Mm. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Cause you, I don't know. I mean, I get off. that routinely and it's not COVID. Yeah. So, I, right. Yeah. That, I wouldn't have known. That's, that's glandular. Yeah. It's a disability, man. You yeah. know, you wouldn't make fun of a guy in a wheelchair. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can't make fun of people for uh, glandular issues. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's good that I, you're uh, still here. Yeah. Recovered, recovering one, mm-hmm. one or the other. You never know. But yeah. So last week being off felt good, man. Felt good. It felt good for me, too. It felt good for me, too. I had a work thing. And then uh, and then uh, after that, we had uh, not not the same the same night, but uh, soon after we had the uh, the annual work staff function. Jared, do you remember last year? The white pants initiative, white pants party. Do you remember me talking about that? Oh, is, is that is that like a sort of a makeup for Labor Day? Kind of, kind of. Um, it started as like a like a joke kind of uh and then it kind of really took off where we're like well why don't we have a theme where it's just white pants now it's not white out because we don't want to get like uh you know arrested for dressing in all in white at pizza hut people will think we're like clansmen or something like that it's nothing crazy like that you wear whatever top you want but the pants need to be white so i just sent jared a picture mm-hmm. of this year's uh this year's style styling from the weekend okay. all right can you describe this to the people out there uh my my goodness uh this is like a, this is a common look i mean we've seen it before we've seen that do rag um uh-huh. yeah. but now there's this like wrap around shades mm-hmm. uh, the stubble mm-hmm. the stash mm-hmm. uh, is that a pleather jacket uh, I believe it is actual leather. That is Andrea's jacket. So I, I can't okay. speak on whether it's real or not, but I, I believe it is real. Okay. 
don't don't uh, sleep on those puka shells uh wrapped around the neck there that was mm-hmm. a uh, oh i high... see i see mm-hmm. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was like a like a string of candy like a neck a neck candy necklace well some people would say i'm the neck candy you know what i mean right so, some might say that <laughs> uh we got the uh macho man t-shirt tucked, mm-hmm. tucked in tucked. To, the, to the white pants uh uh-huh. black black belt Mm-hmm. And uh, some Puma socks. Oh yes, yeah, that's a Costco brand right there. What kind of what kind of shoes did you wear? I wore um, Chuck Taylors for comfort. I for see. comfort. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the look that time. Uh, uh, it's a uh, it's quite an event at uh, at the Pizza Hut. It's a uh, it's mm. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, will you be sharing this on the the Discord? Or is what's just, what's Discord? Well, RJ, it's been a while, so I'll remind you. It's uh, yeah, uh, it's one of the fastest growing social media platforms in the world today, and we're on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, is that good? And I how, think how so. do you how do you join this thing? For a minimum of one dollar, minimum over on our yes. Patreon, yes. Over on Patreon Criterion Creeps. Yes. you can join us and join in the discourse on the Discord mm-hmm. and check out RJ's bulge. Minimum, you said, correct? Minimum. Minimum. As low as. Well, so you know what? I might just put this out here and let's just wait on this uh, a couple of days because last time there was promise of a white pants picture. Um, uh, I believe we had one, maybe two people join the Discord after that picture was added. So let's see how many people join in the next day or two, like new members to the Discord. And uh, if we get enough... Maybe, maybe I will post this picture. Maybe I will. You can't see my toes in this one. I know that's what people wanted last time, but yeah, uh, um, yeah let's see how many. Let's see how many fish we get out. Uh, we lure out of the the well. You know what I mean? I know you are all about the luring, but uh, well, <laughs> oh, Jared, oh dear, oh yeah. boy. But it was really here we go. Yeah, it was really nice last week. Uh, Taking a little break, even though we were doing ghoul school, which we enjoy doing, those are uh, big. Whoa, is uh, are we already back into the wonderful world of Craigbot blackouts? Yes, yes, we are. I'm not allowed to hear RJ, or he's frozen completely. Beefy up. Yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear a goddamn thing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, uh, I I saw that it uh, it uh, froze there. I was just saying we do enjoy Google schools, but those are big beefy boys. So uh, it is. It was nice to. Have... And the second freeze in a minute. So what were you saying about those white pants? Uh, they're tricky. You gotta have a lot of confidence to pull it off, Jared. Okay. It depends what you have lunch that day. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got that strut. Well, no, I just mean the confidence. Like, I don't mean, like, personal confidence. Just, like, the confidence that you can maintain the white pants throughout the course of the night. Like, okay. a lot of people have accidents really easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. Burn. I'm hearing it for real. For real? No one, but, no, no one wants that guy walking around in shitty pants. Even if bill? white or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just more noticeable, that's all. But no, I was saying, uh, yeah, last week was good to have off because as much as we enjoy Creeptober, it is good to, um, those are big beefy boys, so it's nice to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a buffer afterwards, you know what I mean? Beefy. 
buffer boys. Yeah, in those white nice. pants. Yeah. So uh, I assume you just were sick and you did sick things for the last week. Yep. Which I'll That's... talk about when we get to creep in time. But RJ, in the meantime, right, yeah. we got emails. Emails? No. Oh. No. Okay. But. Never mind. It's like old times here. So I got two emails. One. Oh, yeah? From Justin Peterson. And one. Holy cow. From Rob Eagle. Holy cow. What are so, those two crazy guys up to? Let's find out. <laughs> Your sound is terrible. It's very. My t- sound? Yeah, it's like really tinny. What's going on with uh, this town? A sec. Justin Peterson writes, email entitled, been a long time, creeps. Has it? I think it's been. I think it's been. Okay. Hey, creepers. What's happening? I've been behind on my listening, but I trust that you had an awesome creeptober. I think I think we did. I yeah, think, I think uh, so. I think mission accomplished uh, could be displayed on the USS Creep. A big banner comes down. Mm-hmm. We come out wearing our best creep wear, white oh, yeah. pants. Oh, oh, do you own a pair? Well, fully blo- No, I don't. Oh, okay. I should get on that, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, so. Put the put that on the Xmas list. Yeah. I finally saw X and Pearl, and was oh, curious yes. if those fall in your art house trash horror category, RJ. Yes. I noticed this year disposable horror like um, The Priest's Exorcist and The Nun 2 and was uh, they were just not doing it for me and revisiting It Follows along with X and Pearl were the highlights of my month. Some uh, some real A24 love right there. Yes it is. Yes it is. But I got a late start so watching flicks like The Howling, Mama and Phantasm will be in the plan heading into November. I don't know if Justin accomplished his goal or not. I hope so. Who's to say? Um, how about this for a food question? Oh dear! It's been a while. It's been a while, RJ. Mm-hmm. What kind of food rot is the worst to deal with? I'm going with the rotting pumpkins on my driveway. With how slimy, smelly, mushy, and full of fruit flies they get. Our largest was 32 pounds this year. So that will be a pain to haul off. RJ, uh, mm-hmm. worst worst food rod. I mean, it's ranking one piece of shit and another piece of shit, you know? Which piece of shit is bigger sometimes? I'd say our compost bucket's probably the worst food rod. Oh, like, yeah. Once, once every two weeks, I take it outside and hose it, hose it down because um, as much as I try to... like, I put, like, a paper bag in there to try to... Uh, soap up some of the the sap and all that kind of shit but it just doesn't do it like just leeches through and then mold gets in there and it fucking reeks and fruit fruit flies are everywhere and it's just oh god like once it once every two weeks i take it outside i hose the fuck out of it and then i i rinse it in vinegar 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 how about chicken Chicken. Ch- chicken's probably pretty bad. I don't know if I've it, ever had a chicken that's rotted. Well, it, it's more like when you have it in the garbage. And oh. so if you, like, say on a Friday, you've, mm-hmm. like, you're making some chicken, uh, mm-hmm. as often uh, Kim and I have. And, mm-hmm. you know, the chicken remnants, uh, you know, be it like, you know, chicken breast or from bone sure. or whatever, it winds up in the trash. Sure. Well, you know, during the summer, by Sunday, 
that. That stuff starts stinking real so, bad. Right. And so, like, you open up the lid, and it just you get hit with it. You're just like, oh. And you're like, at I... least it's, it's at least it's in the right place. But man, mm-hmm. and but you're like, the bag's not full yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you do you wait till you, <laughs> you stomach it till you have like a, a fully accommodated bag, so you're not like wasting sure. the bag, or do you just say, God damn, no more, be gone. Mm-hmm. I have three solutions to this problem. Three? I have three. Number yep. one, chicken bones can go in the green bin. Are you a green binner? No. Okay. Well, chicken bones can go in the green bin, and that's a, that's a rot level on its own. Uh, <laughs> it's in the, yeah, it's all the, the compost, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I, um, so and my second solution is separate, smaller garbage that is thrown out right w- when it's needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very proactive with garbages and green bins. I take that shit out every day or two. Okay. Uh, and I do it's I do wait for the the garbage to get full, but I'll go around and empty all the garbages in the house, bathrooms and things like that. Really mm-hmm. make it worth your while. Uh, solution three. This is what we do or what Andy does with chicken bones. Big Ziploc bag. She throws all her chicken carcasses in there. And then like once every month or two, she uh, she boils them down and makes a, a bone broth. I'm assuming she freezes this stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a freezer bag that has like four chicken carcasses in it. And then uh, yeah, like once a once every month or two she'll make some stock. She, yeah, she makes some stock. And uh, and then like she eats soup like every day. She's uh, I'm I, I don't know. I me and her have had conversations about her soup intake, but she eats soup like every day, so she gets a lot out of uh, the bone broth, I guess. But I see. Yeah. There's been some real uh, heart-to-hearts about boon about soup, soup intake, huh? All I can say is it's just, it's too much soup for me. Too much soup. Yeah, I, I cannot, I cannot wow. eat more soup. Really? That's all. That's wild, man. Soup's too good. much soup. No, I, I mean, I know, but how often do you eat soup is the question. When I want to. Yeah, but how often do you think that is? Once a month? More than that. Like Once I, every week? Lisa, uh, yeah, I'd say soup probably lately. Well, I mean, last week's like sick week, so you, I had tons of soup, and it was always really sure. good. I had soup today. Okay. Okay. She's about once a week, and this is not That's just fine. for not just for the fall winter months. This is spring and summer. Whoa, as well. whoa, 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 whoa! Soup once a week? You're complaining about? I'm not complaining. It's just it's too much. It soup sounds, for me. sounds like a complaint. Once no, a no, week? Yes. Okay. When you're talking to like when you're talking about like this is like some real big deal. They like maybe like maybe she's got a soup addiction. It's like a few meals I mean, a week. Once a week, RJ. That's very reasonable. I, I'd say she. It is. Out of your mind. I'd say some weeks it's one a week, some weeks it's two two a week. Probably that's fine too. But, that's that's fine as well. Put it on the put it on the Discord. How much soup a week is okay. acceptable? That's put a good one. One bowl, one, one meal. Don't put bowl. Put one meal, or like one meal a week, two meals a week, three plus. How much soup a week is acceptable? Or how put, much is too much soup a week? That sound good? How much is too yeah, much soup? You should week? you should make zero an option too though, because I feel like there's gonna be some no. soup hate out there. Well fuck it then. Because I'm not eating one bowl of soup a week, so I couldn't select any of those. Or it's gotta be one, two, three, or one bowl a month, I think has gotta be one of the other options. Because I'm like a bowl a bowl a month kind of guy. Depending on the soup. And 
These are really important questions that a lot of people really need to know. Well, they're hearing me work in real time. So how much is too much soup a week? Once a week? Twice a week? Or none a week? I don't know. See, that's what I mean by... Thrice a week? Yeah. Every meal? (laughs) Every meal. Let's see. Let's see. What well, I mean, that that would be there. the correct answer, but what we're fishing for is the thrice a week group. We're trying to we're trying to get those gradients in here. Let's let's see what people have. Yeah, more, more soup than there are days. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, because if you have it for lunch and dinner, then that's two in a day. Yeah, what if you have leftovers? What if you're eating soup and you have leftovers? Well, I mean, Andrea does that sometimes. She'll make a huge pot of soup and then she'll eat it for like three days sometimes. Oh fuck. Oh, I deleted the whole goddamn thing. Damn it, I'll start all over again. Yeah. Oh, Make this, hey. do this right. Do it right. I'm sorry. I know, I'm just saying, take your time. Take your time and just do it right, okay? Because this is a, a really important question. It is, this is very important. Uh, this, uh, this is very important. But I feel like there's got to be some kind of option in here where people can select where it's like, I eat soup once every two weeks or something. Because that's kind of more in line with me. And, like, it's got to be soup. Because, like, I'll eat chili. Chili's not soup. I'll eat stew. Stew is not soup. I'm talking soup, baby. Soup. Okay. I just got to throw that out there. Okay. I'm just going to put it out. We'll see what happens. Let's just see what happens. It's it's, it's live. People will get the update live eventually. Okay. They'll get it. All right. Continuing on with uh, Justin's mm-hmm. email. So what else has been sucking away your souls lately? Uh, I beg your pardon. I took on the role on of Cub Master after they fired the last guy. Why did they fire him? I, he doesn't say, but he says, who still shows up to glare at us. <laughs> what? I feel like if he was fired, there should be something in there that he is not allowed to attend anymore. <laughs> he comes to stare at you all. I feel like that's a crime in some way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this seems uh, you're gonna have to fill fill some details in. You you know what? You you send an email in with the details about this. We'll read it next week too. Sure, sure. So, so being in charge of all that is draining. Plus, getting old and going to the gym is getting tougher with all these pains I end up with, and then trying to wrap those up and keep working out while avoiding hurting myself. The ravages of time. Mm-hmm. Ravages of time. Um, what, how about you, RJ? What's been sucking away your soul lately? Other than crippling depression of life and yeah. existence. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is that. I mean, as encapsulated weekly on the Criterion mm-hmm. Creeps podcast. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be it, is just yeah. uh, the podcast. But what else is new? Am I right? Mm-hmm. I mean, recently we've been okay, but when the cold weather hits again, mm-hmm. that's what that's You, you what mean, like me. right now? That it's, it's today, today is cold. Is it's, it snowing? It's supposed to. Oh, get fucked. It's supposed to, like, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's supposed to stick around because it's supposed to be like 13 degrees on the weekend. But uh Yeah. That's uh, it was very overcast and dark today. Oh yeah, because since we started recording, we also got to go through uh, daylight savings time, whatever mm-hmm. ver- whatever it is. And I didn't really get to enjoy that kind of extra hour because I just wound up being sick the whole week and staying home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that part was it had its upsides. Being sick sucked, but kind of just like hanging out and doing whatever. 
watching things on mm-hmm. YouTube. That's kind of uh, nice. That was pretty good. Not too bad. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Speaking of getting hurt, it sucks mm. that Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles this week after his last yeah. two games were excellent. So I'm assuming this was like a week ago um, or, two, or two weeks ago now. It was, yeah, it was. Um, and I mean, it happens. He's not the only quarterback to go down uh, recently like this year. That is so. Back it to happens, the quarterback man. carousel for my team uh, in purple to see if they can keep the playoff spot alive. How are they, how are they doing, RJ? The Vikings? Yeah. Uh, I think the Vikings are like a 500 team. Like, they've won half their games. They've mm. lost half their games. Okay. I, I could be wrong on that, but I don't think the Vikings are like... Um, They're not in the running. Well, I mean... Is, is there like... I, at the moment, well, there's a lot many, of people in the how running. Many, so. how, many more, how many more games are there? Games? Uh, It's week like 11. For week, I think yeah. there's 16 weeks. Okay, so five weeks. Yeah, five more weeks. Uh, They finish up in in like january and then uh the super bowl is usually the first weekend of february but like regular season uh yeah there, there's like five five weeks left five more weeks yeah okay. but i don't actually i don't know i don't know where minnesota is i think i think the vikings are a 500 team like i think it's half and half but i could be wrong mm-hmm. like i don't know okay let, let's got the wait let's do this live let's do this right uh no not afc get out of here sports uh six and four so they're just over 500 you're not bad not Six, bad. 60 40 60 40 60 40 better than 40 60 i mean yes that's accurate it's accurate that is accurate i i know those sports you do know them sports look at you boards hey sport sport boy all for now have a good one, Jared and RJ. Well, thank you, Justin. I hope you have one as well. Keep those cubs in line. Protect them from the old cub the, master. The glaring man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like I am starting to understand why that man was fired, potentially. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound, he doesn't sound okay. Doesn't sound like a great deal, but... Um, man, I, oh can, well. I can only imagine... Yeah. Finally, uh, last but not least, we've got Rob Eagle. He's back. What, in what form? An email entitled, I'm not sure which he is. Oh, okay. The Carrot and the Stick. Oh, dear. What did you get into this time, Rob? Hello, creeps. Long time no here. Tell me, boys, do I sound lighter to you? I should. Um... Because I'm deep into an intense health kick. Oh, yeah? Three months in, actually. Mid-August, I bit the bullet and finally decided to shed those post-COVID pounds. Many, many pounds. This means gym every day. 30-minute brisk walk to said gym, followed by 30 minutes of cardio on the CrossFit machine, which I hate, so it must be doing me some good. Then a full 90 minutes on the machines. Then another 30 minutes of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about CrossFit? I've never been a huge fan. I've never done it myself. No. Uh, I know a guy I work with does it. and um, Is he talking about like it all much. the time? He doesn't actually. but That's it, good. It, it, yeah, I remember when comes... CrossFit really took off. Was it like eight years ago or something like that? The cult of CrossFit? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know. The the guy I work with doesn't bring it up too much, but he brings it up sometimes and you go. Is is it at appropriate times or is yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, it's it's fine. never un it's never unprompted. See, it's yeah, yeah, never unprompted, which go. is okay. Good. Yeah. Um, by full on machines, I mean that very thing. No sitting looking at my phone, and though I say so myself, the results are beginning to show. Like cobblestones under a light snowfall, I'm actually detecting. Detecting what? Sorry. Abs, RJ. You know hot abs. Ah, uh, I mean I've heard about it, but uh, yeah, or maybe, maybe, maybe or, or or maybe he's just detecting ABS. Uh, what about IBS? Uh, irritable. Ir- yeah, is that what we're talking about here? <laughs> Possibly. Oh, okay. No. Um, Interesting. Abnormal bowel syndrome. Abnormal I've, bowel syndrome? That's crazy. I've set myself a new year, new me schedule. But rather than being one of those who attend the gym first week of January and are never seen again, I reverse engineered it. I decided New Year's Day will be the finishing line, not the starting point. Okay. Uh, see, I, I don't know. I, I might recommend like a, con- a continuing journey. Yeah, I probably wouldn't stop. Yeah. But, I mean, that's your prerogative. That's right. Yeah. I mean, if you're already in it, just just... If if you enjoy it, just keep going. Or don't. Um, to motivate me, RJ, the yeah. aforementioned carrot is twofold. As well as the health benefits, I've booked myself a spring holiday in a sunny resort, mostly frequented by guys who are good with colors, jump over puddles, and know all the words to every show tune Stephen Sondheim ever wrote. So, like, from, from like, San Francisco? The resort is perfect for me. Packed full of cute young things with low self-esteem and daddy issues. All wrong. Oh, dear. All wrong. Oh, dear. What are we getting into here? In a rare moment of self-reflection, I did ask myself how long I can continue chasing young guys who are half my age. Which brought me to the sobering revelation that guys half my age aren't young. This brings me to the stick. If the health benefits don't sufficiently motivate me, there's the appalling prospect of appearing on the beach, not looking buff, in front of bitchy, judgmental queens. Trust me, guys, I know of what I speak. I am one of those bitchy, judgmental queens. Regards, R.O. Beagle. Any thoughts, RJ? Like the Queen of England? Is that what he means? I think so. Because I'm not really familiar with that term. I I don't know what that means. Mm Mm-hmm. You know about you know about uh, people say slay queen, yes mm. queen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like Taylor Swift. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, all I got I mean, all I say is if you're f- feeling like it's benefiting your life, just keep doing it. Maybe that's right. I don't know about this queen situation, but uh, yeah, if 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 you're helping you, maybe. Maybe you just like keep doing it for as long as you want or whatever. <laughs> well, I'm glad both Justin and Rob are sharing uh, this like uh, health journey at the same time. Mm. Staying fit yeah. and having fun, I hope. Staying fit and having fun? That's right. As long as uh, it's good good fun and it, that weird guy who's watching the uh, 
Yeah. The uh, the Cub yeah. Kids, the Cub <laughs> like, Scouts or whatever. Yeah, all right. I'd make a call. I'd make a call about that one. I'd probably, like, I don't know. Who do you call the IRS? Yeah, I think so. Okay. The I don't know ir- who you... The irritable revenue system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Services, yeah. All I know is that somebody should be getting a, a phone call, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's for the emails. Uh, mid-month. Email. Females. We'll, we'll, we'll pick up again in two weeks, unless uh, Justin wants to give us an update about the ex Cub Master. Why he was fired? Yeah. What's up with that? Um. Yeah. Anyways, RJ. Yeah. <clears throat> what you been creeping on the last couple weeks? Post Creeptober. Oh, Jared. I watched some TV shows. I watched a you... movie. Yeah. And uh, I, I I've been playing my games again. You know about video games. You've been uh, back on the games, huh? Yeah, I just started slow. I started slow. I just played one game since uh, since Creeptober. So I uh, played this game called Soma, which is uh, a horror game. Yep. But uh, and I heard a lot about it, but none of these fuckers out there who recommend this game ever mentioned that this was uh, nautical horror and it's like underwater. And you know how they feel about underwater video game levels. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. Very scary. Uh, the game was okay. Uh, like it was good. It was good, but uh, I don't know. It uh, there were a few times when they, there was like puzzles in it that I was like, I was like, I have no idea how to do this, and I I just had to look it up. And it happened a lot where I was just like, I have no fucking clue how to do this thing. That right happens. Now. Which I mean, it does happen. Like that was the same with Metroid Prime. Sometimes I was like, I have no fucking idea what I'm supposed to do right here. So. I don't. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but uh, I did. Uh, I did have to um, consult the walkthrough quite a bit on that one. Which do you ever whatever. feel uh, disappointed in yourself that you just give up or that you suck no. so much? No, because uh, there's lots of games where I don't have to do any kind of guide at all, and I, I play through it and I go, yeah, yeah, that's a well-made game. I didn't. I didn't have to uh, con- consult the internet, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not one of those guys who's bad at games who is violent towards <laughs> certain people. Right. Because I beat the games, and that's what matters, right? Uh-huh. And hopefully that's uh, all you beat. <clears throat> uh, my lawyer has instructed me to remind you that uh, I suffer blackouts, and uh, I can't recall a lot of things. Yeah. It's a medical condition. Right. Um, what else was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so anyways, I did that. I watched a couple TV shows. Jared? A one couple, that is lo- a couple TV shows. I'll Only about one. one. And and Berlin Alexander Platz. Wow. Only one that was loggable. Andrew and I. Have you ever heard of that show? I think I've mentioned it before. But Reservation Dogs. Yes, you've mentioned it before. Yeah. There. Uh, uh, there was a third season. I think it's the last one. Uh, it was very good. Uh, hmm. Like I, I think I've mentioned before, the show in general is very good. But this last season was uh, very good. They had uh, some all-star uh, cameos in this one. Graham Green, Canadian icon, oh. Oh. in a recurring role. Okay. Uh, he was in there. There was somebody else that was big, too. But then uh, in one of the episodes, out of nowhere, Ethan Hawke popped up. And I was like, Ethan Hawke? I was like, what is he doing here? And uh, he was in a whole episode. He was like a major character. And I was just like, oh. <laughs> he wasn't in uh, black phone mode? Uh, he was not in black phone mode. It was not Naughty Boy uh, uh, time. So okay. I was just That's very good. surprised. I was like, Ethan Hawke. I was no. like, what's he doing here? 
anyways, uh, it's a good show. People should check that out. That's all I got to say, okay? Okay. But I watched a show, which I don't know how much I should talk about, because I feel like this is a uh, pretty premium Jarrett selection. Well, I uh, saw I saw you even dropped a, a heart on it. I didn't want to rate it. I didn't want to. I don't want to play that card. I do have a star rating in my head that okay. I would give it, but okay. uh, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that I enjoyed said program. The fall of the House of Usher, the the latest from the Flanagan verse. Now, I did have a mild spoiler in my review, but mostly what the the key to my review is my tags, and I know you're a big fan of meta tags, so uh, mm-hmm. there was a uh, there was a lot of tags. My, my God, look look at. Look at these tags. We've got beefsteak, smoking, mm-hmm. addiction, Catholic guilt, and Catholic horror. Yeah. Grief and loss, guilt monsters, uh-huh. uh, cat scares, animal violence, mm-hmm. body melts, mm-hmm. farts, fake bangs, and oh. Edgar Allan Poe. That's right. It's what I, what, what, what annoys me, of course, in classic Bellagio style, um, RJ uh, has used an Edgar Allan Poe tag, but has not tagged his other Edgar Allan Poe viewing, uh, if, such as the ones from when we watched um, Roger Corman, Corman movies. I, so, I know. I'm aware. Failure. I, um, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, get get it sorted, all right? I got the important things down there. Beefsteaks was tagged, and that's yeah. what's important. Okay. Yes. Um. But you didn't. You have not properly also tagged beefsteaks. I know. Get on that. Because go, this is the second time I've ever heard that brought up. Well, in, now, in now you need, in now you need to go search summertime yeah. and tag it appropriately. Mm-hmm. It's beefsteak. I know. I'm aware. And that's not even the only time because I think it's been said before. It has, has it been not? said before. Yeah, and I'm you got to find it. And now you have to find it. You got to find it and tag it. But would you expect a, a program made in the year 2023 to drop? Beef on steak. Netflix, beef steak. Yeah, uh, yeah. They don't mention Netflix at all in this. But uh, so what you're saying is this show is good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. I is it the best of these Flanagan series? I don't know. Would you, would think, you say Midnight Mass is? I think this and Midnight Mass are pretty close. So better than um, the the first haunting mm-hmm. with black mold. Uh, I don't know. I think this and the first Hill House are pr- probably like right on par, and then maybe Midnight Mass is maybe above. Okay. I don't know though. This this is really good though. Like I don't know what you know about this. And you never this... watched the uh, the Monster Midnight Club, Club. One. Midnight Club. No. no, I will. But uh, that was supposed to be an ongoing, and then they canceled it. So I was kind of like deflated from watching it because mm-hmm. it was supposed to come back, and then it never did. Right. Uh, yeah. No. This is this is good. I don't know how much you know about it other than it is like Edgar Allan Poe, but this is like, um, is it every- succession? It is. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was watching it. And then when I went to vlog this, I saw 900 people made the joke and I was like, Oh, yeah. it's not funny anymore. It's succession, but goth or emo. And uh, you're just like, yes. Uh, yeah. That but is it's, l- it's literally one of the popular reviews that has 2,400 likes. Mm. So that joke's been played out, but, uh, um, what this is more than succession is uh, this is all of Edgar Allan Poe's stuff, which I didn't realize. I, th- like, I did know that because I think you uh, posted something about this. Either you sent it to me or it hit the Discord. I put uh, a picture uh, on Discord about a guy buying farts 
which I thought was funny. That yeah. was from this show. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I did it in Discord. Maybe somebody oh, else. Oh, you're did. like because you were. Yeah, I think you were. Uh... Uh, not mad, mad about like somebody complaining about the show. It should be called something else. But oh, that was that was one of those the mask I, of was, the red death or something. It was, it was a screen. It was a screenshot of yes. uh, uh, entertainment journalism, and they're like, yeah. "This should really actually yeah. be called this." And yeah. it's like, yeah, entertainment journalism, which I guess is ju- just got a shot in the arm now because uh, the the actors' strike is over. So mm. now they'll have, I guess, other things to talk about, <laughs> write badly about. But instead of like having to find things yeah. all the time, yeah, mm. that that was a rough period this year, I think, for entertainment mm. journalism. Just same as like when COVID happened. And yeah, it'll, all... I think it'll make Oliver Granger happy that he can finally read about celebrities again. Oh, I'm, I know he's a big fan. We aren't we all? Yeah, aren't we all? Yeah. But yeah, I uh, I screenshot just, of that because like I you it was and me. Dumb. Yes. Well, they're just like they're just like us, Jarrett. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I didn't read that article and I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know it was like every, the whole, it's one big story and every episode's kind of like a character, but each episode is its own kind of distinct Edgar Allan Poe story or poem, Mm -hmm. which, uh, I didn't actually realize going into it. And I was like, Hey, I was like, that's kind of neat. And when I was watching it, I watched it with Andy. I was like, Oh yeah, this is this Poe story. And this is that Poe story. And she's like, why do you know so much about Edgar Allan Poe? And I was like, baby. Have you ever heard of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror? Because there's some Edgar Allan Poe in those bad boys. And then Roger Corman, obviously. But uh, yeah, she was uh, really surprised uh, my significant other there, Jarrett. She's like, she's like, I didn't know that you knew stuff about Edgar Allan Poe. And I was like, well, I don't really. It's just I've seen some of his things before. Um, but anyways, hmm. uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I don't know if it's bad. I do think Midnight Mass is maybe his best. And I did okay. actually really enjoy the first Hill House, but this is good. Yeah. yeah. There is sometimes goofy stuff, but it is like, uh, um, it's in line with like Edgar Allan Poe. And you're just like, all right. You're like, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's cool. Uh, there's only one thing that I thought was super bizarre. And, like, I don't know if you want this spoiler or not. It's in my review about fake bangs. Like, it is very, very bizarre that this thing happens. Got. Do you want me to tell you? Well, I don't know when I'm going to get around to watching this now. Because I've got, I have Berlin Alexander Platz. And I'm back to reality again. And It's uh... not really a plot point. But it is a character point. Oh. It's a character point. I don't know if I do. Sometimes, because yeah. once pointed out, it can't be unseen, and maybe it'll just derail my enjoyment of being able to see it for myself. Here, here's the thing: I know why the character does one thing and then another, but I don't understand why they chose to present it away. It's like I know what they're with the theme or the metaphor of what they're like, what they're Metaphors. doing is, but it's like, but why did they present it that way? I was like, that's so bizarre. Okay, so bizarre, Jared. So bizarre. But uh, all of the the regular Flanagans are uh, are here for this one. Uh, you you know all of those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's good. I don't. It's I I do think Midnight Mass is better. But uh, this is it is a good one. Check it out. What about well, checking out live action Uncharted? You mean unfarted? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Um. Well, I played all the Uncharted games this year, right? And then yep. I, before I started Berlin, I was kind of like, 
was like, I should try to watch something. And then I, I, I saw this pop up, pop up and I was like, oh, I was <laughs> like, I could throw that on. No. Um, it's a mix of like uh, the fourth game and a little bit of the third. It's a mix of like all the games, but I guess, I guess it's, it's a mix of the third and fourth game. I don't know. Whatever. It's like an with, origin with, story. With Tom Holland. It's an origin story with Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. And then uh, I know Lawrence Krychek uh, is a big fan of Mark Wahlberg's Sully in this. He's a big, big fan. Big, yeah. big fan. Um, yeah, I don't know. They like uh, they hit a lot of the beats of what these games are about. But uh, I don't know. Something in this just feels very uh, hollow, which I mean... <laughs> it's probably not surprising um some video adaptations are good some aren't i think the biggest thing is like which ones are good uh i like the last of us okay that's a tv show as a tv show is that it i mean uh that super mario brothers movie that just came out uh made some real some real cash Seem like people put smiles on faces and mm-hmm. apparently we've got a, a legend of zelda thing coming out one yeah day. yeah and that so entertainment journalism yeah all week all it is is here's our fan cast and here's why oh. this actor should be considered and it's like shut up just just get a uh, chris pratt in there oh yeah yeah well exactly that's the, well, that's, there's the, that that, that's the solution right there. it's mario and garfield yeah um no, there was another thing that really annoyed me this week was it was like this actor says they'd be honored to play this Zelda character, and it's like I'm sure they fucking would. And they haven't been offered it; they'd just be honored. They, yeah, they. It was the same as when Ronda Rousey was like, "I'd love to play Samus in Metroid," and it's like I'm sure you would. Oh boy, but that's not that's not hey, how this works. Remember that Roadhouse movie she was going to be in? Did, did it just get pulled out of existence? Sure did. Yeah. Well, hey, Warner Brothers is getting, and this is news, but Warner Brothers is, might get investigated for them shelving those movies. Is what because uh... it's a, a a scam? Is it some yeah. fraud going on? Maybe, yeah, maybe I think a little so. bit. Yeah, because uh, what was it? The uh, the John Cena Wiley Coyote the movie, Looney, the Looney Tunes movie. Yeah, yeah, was was going to get shelved, and it's like, well, by doing so, they get to like whatever claim like a whatever like a 40 millions, million tax millions of dollars in tax which would be making more profitable than they feared it might be so they're yeah we'll just make this fake movie and you're like whoa 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 i don't think you can but they made it they did because like, is this the producers and so now they're but, but now there's some walking back because maybe they went oh dear we might go to jail for this because we were listening to this yeah. accountant or whatever who yeah. knows it's all pokem rj I know. and I... allegedly i know allegedly. i'm aware but anyway, but, yeah, I don't know. Poor John Cena. What will he do? I know, I know. Try so but hard. I, yeah, he does, and I like him. He seems earnest, but his. Uh, I don't know. If, uh, do you ever uh, read his tweets? No, no, no. Boy, boy oh boy! Isn't it? Is it the I, Taiwan stuff? No, you do. You just like get a an AI generator of platitudes, and that's essentially what he is uh, on that's his Twitter. That's all he does. It's it's nice like and political. In, not it's inoffensive apolitical yes. uh and yes. you're like oh yeah that could totally appeal to me or apply to me at this very moment maybe forcibly mm-hmm. yeah i don't know whatever he he's just a chunk of man that's what he is yes he is yes he is yeah. um how are we talking about yeah entertainment journalism uh, i was very annoyed with that all week this character wants to play mm-hmm. zelda it's like i don't care we got a name for that ej like rj but with an e 
EJ, EJ, bad dude. Yeah. Um, anyways, unfarted. Uh, like I said, yeah, a lot of it seemed hollow. I think what it was is it's just the characters seem off. Like Mark Wahlberg, um, you never played the games, right? Or did you play one of them or something? I have never played an Uncharted game. Okay. Well, I've seen good. footage. I've seen them played like on, yeah. I don't know, like review game sites or yeah. back when, when there was video game review sites on TV. I think I would have seen that. Mm-hmm. They're They're very good. And like the only things I'd point out is like the protagonist, hero protagonist, Nathan Drake. He's yeah. a lovable scamp, but he does like Tom Holland is okay at that, but he's doing too much Spider Man shit in this where he's doing like a lot of acrobats and parkour and it's like those games do actually have lots of like running and jumping and stuff, and it's like I get it, but um I don't know, he's not bad, but Mark Wahlberg is, does not fit in this. And uh <laughs> I think he was a producer on it and that's why he's in here, yeah. but um the Sully character is like, uh, like in the games, he's like he's like a surrogate dad, and he like he loves him and he like cares for him. And in this one, Mark Wahlberg's like, "I'm just here for the paycheck, kid." And he and like, like the entire movie is him just like, I'll, he, he just like he tells him directly, he's like, "I'll I'll leave you in the dust any chance I get as long as I get paid." And you're just like. All right. Maybe because it's the origin story. And the character growth is that in the last five minutes, Mark Wahlberg has to throw his sack of gold at the bad guy who's climbing the floating pirate ship on the helicopter to hit her off of the thing so that he can save Tom Holland. And you're like, I get it. <clears throat> I know why you're doing this, uh, but uh, I, 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 I was wondering if you were just like leave out of gold for that sentence. Of gold, okay. yes. Take that part out through his uh, sack. Uh, his sack. Well, well, Jared, I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, Antonio Banderas is in this for like oh, goddamn three, three minutes as a proto bad guy, but then uh, after about three minutes, he's no longer on screen anymore, and you go, oh, I see. Okay, how's he looking? And, I yeah. I have not seen Antonio great. Banderas in a long time since uh, the skin I live in. I guess so, yeah. It was, just that, a, was that 2011? Has, yeah. He kind of has that thing that old people get where their neck is kind of like um, very uh, necky, if you know what I mean. But uh, okay. I think he looks great. He's And he, he's very, uh, he sounds, or he fits this role very good. He's very erotic in how he talks. But he's there's a lot of shit talk in this movie. It's really weird. Like, people keep saying stuff like, uh, I don't know if I tagged it. There's a lot of talk about, like, um... I think it's shit. They're just like, oh, lots of shit. And it's like, don't go take a shit. And you're just like, why is everyone talking about shit in this movie? What is that about? Could have been Uncharted. It would have been another review of this. Um, uh, a lot of CGI at work uh, here. There's uh, helicopters that pick up pirate ships, and then it's a pirate ship battle up in the air. You know, that old chestnut. Guy pirates? <clears throat> guy pirates. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. It's It's entirely watchable for two hours but at the same time i was like oh this could have been very very cool movie but oh well if they made a sequel i would watch it too no but like three years after it came out okay just to prove a point Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's what i watched you nailed it i'm trying my best what about you jared you watch any movies this month I did. I did. I watched some movies. I watched lots some documentaries. I, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When you're bedridden, you have lots of free time. 
So one of the things I checked out uh, was the most recent Adam Curtis uh, documentary series that came out last year mm-hmm. that I never got around to because it's seven parts and each part is an hour long. You do the math, seven hours. And this isn't a uh, a typical Adam Curtis where it's narrated. This is like just him putting his commentary as text over mm-hmm. the footage. So you have to pay attention the entire time. So I, I waited till the, the right time came, and it was mm-hmm. during a sick week. So what's this Russia 1985 to 1999 trauma zone all about? Why? It's about the, the fall of communism, RJ, and the fall of democracy. Uh, it, it walks you through Gorbachev ascendant to the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, Boris Yeltsin coming to save the day and then dropping the ball. Um, yeah, you get introduced to... It's actually... So what it is, is it's compiled of BBC footage that was being filmed that entire time. So Adam Curtis just has like access to all this stuff, all this footage. It just is never going to get used ever again. And he goes through it all. And he builds up these narratives, kind of working off of the history that he does his research on, um, following particular scholars, and builds these these narratives out of it. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you get to see just kind of, like, the closest you're, you're going to get outside of, like, living it yourself, what the, what the daily life of living in uh, the Soviet Union uh, was like in this, mm-hmm. fif- you know, 15-year window. Oh, and, yeah, gosh, I mean, it's... Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, as always, Adam Curtis, uh, puts together a, a good film. Uh, I mean, it's seven hours long. It's a big ask. This is not pretty, uh, pretty girthy. It's definitely not going to be the, the top of the heap of, uh, Adam Curtis's that I would recommend people check out. Um, it kind of feels more like a companion piece to, uh, his hypernormalization documentary, which I think is probably regarded as kind of like a must see in terms of, mm. Uh, you know, living in the 21st century, RJ. But this kind of really? fills in a lot of those gaps in terms of how did Russia get to where it was? Because it pretty well ends with, and then Vladimir Putin comes into the picture. And that, mm. it, it, and that's kind of where it ends. So who knows? Maybe there'll be another piece of this sometime down the road. No idea. Adam Curse kind of works on whatever he works on. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. This uh, if, if you're a real... uh russia file big big kurt head and you you love uh off-cut bbc footage uh you like to learn about chechnya and kazakhstan and um i don't know uh consumer goods uh oligarchs this this one's for you really yeah so so you're... <laughs> what? What's that? Oh, i was that... gonna say you're saying it's a hit it's a hit, a smash hit. Mm-hmm. So I got in the mood after watching this to watch some more documentaries, and I don't even know wow. how I stumbled upon watching this one out of the out of anything. But I was like, huh, mm-hmm. what else is there? Because I was like, remember, I'm like, oh yeah, Oliver Stone did like that four hour documentary thing, I think for HBO, where he talked to Putin, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really want to watch that. I don't think right now. But I did see that there was a Oliver Stone documentary I had not seen um, called South of the Border, which mm. is him talking to, um, uh, you know, leaders, uh, recently mm. uh, elected leaders around the 2009 time, uh, starting with Hugo Chavez. 
and kind of jumping around uh, and talking to others, uh, other leaders in South on the continent of South America, like Bolivia and mm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. and uh, Paraguay, and just talking about this sort of shift, which seems like really coincide with uh, George W. Bush uh, doing George W. Mm-hmm. Bush things, the war on terror, and mm-hmm. this really was polarizing. Uh, hmm. the, the what we now call gets tossed around a lot is the global South. And there was suddenly this like shift in the the politics uh, on that mm-hmm. continent, where a lot, a lot of uh, these countries were voting voting left, um, uh, contrary to like sort of the uh, interferences uh, of uh, the, the U.S. Uh, state policy toward like oh maybe we're going to put our guy that's favorable to our interests into corporate interests into these countries and uh, you know massage uh, these elections and install install our own guys and so there was a backlash to that happening around this point in time and I mean I don't know it's just all for some going down and talking to these guys I mean mm-hmm. I don't know it's interesting uh, for that it's just on YouTube I think so that was okay on the YouTube's I think I think it was YouTube actually I might have looked this up and I just typed in like south of the border watch online which is pretty well the magic word to type into Google because you'll find something. Someone's got it hosted. Mm. And yeah, some website had it, uh, some political website. just had it for free up there. And so I watched it. It's like, what, 78 minutes long? Do you say Curious. political, this website? Yeah, some like political site. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, they said movies on there. Mm. But I'm not sure where they were being mm. hosted. Yeah, I checked her out. Hmm. Mm. Then, for something completely different, I watched, I think I might have been, like, reading this particular day, and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch something, and I'm like, what should I pick? And I went, oh, look at my watch list, and I was like, oh, yeah, I should check out those Wes Anderson short films on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Were they any good? They're really good. Uh, two, At least yeah. two. Two out of four, I thought, were the really good. Dolls. Yeah, the Roll Dolls. So, yeah, I'm not sure what the whole deal with this is, other than their Wes Anderson netflix films i think wonderful story of well yeah and it's like probably the only way to pull it off Mm -hmm. uh in this format because it'd be kind of weird to have like you'd have to come up with a framing device which he does have in each of these shorts uh where you've got uh ralph ralph fines as ralph uh, wiggum yes ralph wiggum too but uh ralph fines is here as uh roll doll uh oh yeah coming in and out as a as roll doll narrating Mm -hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Things also shift, though, to, like, so you have this Rupert Friend guy who I don't really mm-hmm. know him as an actor. I've Rupert seen him. Friend? Yeah, I've only seen I've a couple of I've seen him in something. Movies. Yeah, he seems like he's been in the last two um, Wes Anderson's I have not seen. Astro City and uh Yes, and Dispatch? Fresh, French Dispatch, which I will, pro- yes. I, was, I was thinking about watching this week, but ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I checked out first off with the Swan, which I guess like mm-hmm. is the first one you could just say. It doesn't matter what order you watch them in. I uh, yeah. thought it was terrific, and then worked my mm-hmm. way through the uh, subsequent ones, the Rat Catcher, which uh, also has that, uh, the, that one opens up with uh, it's got uh, Richard Iote and Ralph Fiennes. Uh, who's, Richard uh, Iote. Yep, yep. He's in all the rest of them. He's just on the first one. Is this uh, is he new to the world of Wes Anderson? As far Richard as I, I'm positive he is actually. Yes, hmm, I'm not cool. sure. I'm not sure if he's in like French Dispatch or anything like that. And so. and then you get Benedict Cumberbatch uh, oh, com- coming in hard and fast in the the in Poison and the um, a Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. How are those ones? Well, the two, the Swan and the Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, were my favorite 
of the batch. Mm-hmm. But it seems like when you look at people's reviews, everyone has their own picks. But oh, that's, I, that's good though. I, yeah. I think. But yeah, so what they're what he's doing with it is the the narrator, who's also the main character of it. They're like instead of like having a voiceover narration, they're like speaking directly to you, the audience member. And so they're kind of going in and out of talking directly to you and then talking to the character beside them. It works really well. Some people Mm -hmm. might hate on it and I, whatever. If this, this is like super Wes Anderson uh, in the, in the artifice and the production. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you like Wes Anderson, I can't imagine you not liking this because the idea of like Roald Dahl and Wes Anderson together should snap together i mean fantastic mr fox amazing mm-hmm. um and with this i mean yeah he just does these stories oh uh ben kingsley he's he's in a couple of these as well that's cool yeah i do but, like him yeah no I, i'd say uh i mean what will this take you to watch an hour and 40 minutes so it's the it's a it's short uh wes mm-hmm. anderson film easy watching and uh i mean it seems like a good fit for for old wes yep but yeah, like I said, like the, the moving walls, kind of characters. There's kind of these assistant characters mm-hmm. that come in and out to hand props off, and it's all incorporated into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well done. It looks so smooth, and you're like, man, this is like, makes me want to watch the Wes Anderson movies. for, the, And that's the first time that's been the case for, it feels like, years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I uh, I have seen French Dispatch, but uh, I don't I don't think I said anything about it. When, you did uh, not. Yeah, because I, I said I'll just wait for you. Um, Astro City is available for us to watch. Ooh, Astro City is that, that is that by, what that by, by Kurt Busiek, <laughs> Brent Anderson, great comic. What, what is that movie called that he made? Asteroid Park. Is it's that not it? Asteroid City? Astron City. Asteroid City. Asteroid. Asteroid City. <laughs> I don't uh, know. That's on. That's it... on Prime. Is it? Okay. What a yep. terrible title. Can I just say? Yeah. Asteroid City is bad. Well, I'll call when I talk to Wes next, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll say, yeah. hey, his dog was really... Grab, gr- grab him by his cardigan or his yeah. little his little corduroy jacket that's all fitted perfectly yeah. and just give, say, him a, give him a shake. I'll say, listen here, funny boy. Say, we yeah. got a lot of a lot of problems yeah. with this new title. And you say, I'm not just going to be beating video games if you, if you got me here. And then give him one of these. Hey, so we're we're still watching Home Improvement. You remember Brad? You know, you know the oldest son, Brad. Uh huh. Yeah, he, uh, he just got a domestic violence uh, charge. Oh uh, he was, uh, boy, he was doing it, and uh, he pled guilty, and I think he got a week in prison or something like that. Is, is that even is that jail though? Is that week no, in jail no, no. or prison? But it, yeah, it's like a week in prison, which this just happened in the last like two weeks or something. And we were watching Home Improvement last night and uh, like Brad's on the phone with his girlfriend and Randy makes fun of him and he's like, I'm going to pound you. And then he goes, oh, not you, Ashley. And uh, Andy and I looked at each other and Andy went, not yet. Because he eventually and, would. And then the audience went, oh. Because he did. And then RJ went, hur, hur, hur. and I... then the audience goes, <laughs> It's good stuff, man. It holds up, holds up real well. And then I, and then, well. then I poke my head up over the couch at your house, and I say, "I don't think so, RJ." And the audience roars. If we had a sitcom, it, it would do suck. so much. It, it would do. It would do it's so terrible. Good. It'd be so much better than this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you and me did a home improvement style sitcom, I could be Tim, you could be Al. Yeah. 
Uh, Andy is Jill. Obviously. How many? How many? How many Al episodes a season are there? Is there like one? Uh, one at the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because there we're on season four. We started in the summer, and uh, we did have a break for a while. We didn't in all of Creeptober. We didn't watch any. Um, good. But I would say each season maybe one. I I I don't know if. There was a season. I don't think there was a, was an Al episode, but uh, definitely one a season at most. What, what do you think Richard Karn preferred? Um, his time as Al Borland on Home Improvement, or as the host of Family Feud for like two thousand two to two thousand six? Definitely not Family Feud. I okay. can almost guarantee that. I feel like Game Show is like is like a a purgatory hell that you get trapped in. Like With I feel Drew like Carey. Steve Hart. Yeah, Drew Carey and Steve Harvey. I feel like those dudes aren't aren't feeling the best. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. That's just my uh, guess, but uh, yeah. I don't I don't know. Anyways, what were we talking about? How? I, I always think of like the little dinosaurs that are like working in some sort of contraption on the Flintstones, and they turn to the oh, camera yeah. and they go, "It's a living." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like this podcast. It's a living. It's a living, man. Yeah. It's a living. Um. Oh, and then um, Kim and I watched a couple movies off of the Criterion Channel. That Get out of here! No, you Criterion didn't. films. Um, one is one of Kim's favorite movies that she had not seen oh, forever, yeah? and a movie I had never seen before. Uh, a film that? called The Adjuster from 1991, directed by uh, Armenian Canadian director Atomi Goyan. That's not like the Adjustment Bureau. The uh, no, Matt Damon film is not it? the Adjustment Bureau. No, okay. It, it is about an insurance adjuster played by Casey Jones himself, Elias Coteus. I love Elias Coteus. He's so good as Casey Jones. Yeah, he's so uh, good in everything that followed. Let after. me tell you, RJ, uh, watching a. So this is kind of like a movie that would exist uh, in a time before a twenty four would kind of like kind oh, of completely take over whatever you want to call it, like independent movie making mm-hmm. is now. Uh, so this movie would have existed in that if there were an A24 at the time, uh, mm-hmm. this would be the, the kind of movie that they would have acquired and then released it um, to small, to a far fewer theaters, not to the success of an A24 uh, distribution model. But you watch the adjuster and you go, man, I, f- I feel like I'm watching a movie. <laughs> Like a, a real deal movie with scenes that pay off into one another with like tension. Um, but like you also feel like you're watching a movie that's got like a some warmth to it where you're like mm-hmm. uh, basking in the glow of like what movie storytelling can be. And maybe I watched this just after watching a couple episodes of Berlin Alexander Platts. I don't know. Where okay. dialogue makes sense, uh, characters seem to have motivations. You're. Maybe you don't like relate necessarily to these characters, but you recognize them as people, and you're like, "I want to know what happens to them next. I want to, I want to find out more to this story." And then it tells you more information. You go, "Oh, I, that's not what I was expecting at all." And then more information, and you're like, "Oh, interesting." Um, but yeah, no, like w- watching the adjuster, I was like, "Man, uh, g- good old '90s independent movies when when they were good." Uh, could be really great. And it's got this like mm-hmm. very peculiar cover. It never pays off in anything with uh, Elias Goteas, uh in a bath robe or a bath towel, uh, shirtless, with a bow and arrow, it seems, and ladies' legs on a bed. And you go, 
what the? And you go, what's an adjuster? And it's like, well, Elias Guterres. He plays an insurance. Right. <laughs> he well, he is an insurance adjuster, and he takes care of his clients. Um, and he, him and his his wife, uh, her mm. child and sister, they live with him in this like development that never finished being developed. So it's like one of those um, kind of cookie cutter suburban homes, but only it, that house and two houses to the next door got built and then the rest of it mm-hmm. is this completely empty streets in the middle of nowhere um he lives mm-hmm. there and everything in it is like well it came with the sh- it was a show home and there's nothing there's like you know at one point a character grabs like one of the books off the shelf but it's like a whole block of books mm-hmm. and uh so this guy he gets phone calls any any day any time of the week um where like you know someone's house is burnt down and he comes and he's going to help them uh, and apparently one of those things is he, he sets you up real nice in this motel in the mm. middle of this like anonymous, you know, urban environment. It's, I'm going to assume Toronto, but it doesn't feel like it. Like no, nothing about this movie feels like it takes place anywhere per se, other than like, it's a large city. There's a subway, uh, subway station. There's, you know, people, there's football teams, that mm. kind of thing. But uh, how the adjuster accommodates people, that's, that's the question. And, How uh, does he? Sensually, uh, but it's done in this way where it's like it's it's like a slow reveal, and you're just like, oh my good my goodness! But you're then you're like, I don't feel like there's any um, ill will, or there's no like nothing nefarious here, or is it's there? All consensual? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's nothing we were like, oh dear, what is this Berlin Alexander Platz? No. Um, it's, it's very sometimes willing. Some, some, yeah, it's, yeah, really cool movie. Interesting. Kind of want to rewatch these Atomigoyan movies now because I'm like, it's been a really, really, really long time. Because it was like him and David Cronenberg were kind of like the big two of Canadian filmmakers. Yes, yes. Um, then you have like Bruce McDonald would be like number three, I guess. So going back, watching this, and you go, yeah, I remember. I, I remember when movies were good. Even the movies, kid. Even the small movies. And then uh, I got around to a a creep pick from one Sam Sanchez. Uh uh, Some years ago, he mentioned this director that neither of us had ever seen any movie from. This guy named Hal Hartley. (laughs) And then Steven Spielberg. But Hal Hartley came first. So Hal Hartley, this this man who was like an indies in nineties indies darling, but I don't know. I'd never seen any of these movies. The one movie of his, Henry Fool, I remembered on video store shelves. But I don't know. Nothing nothing ever jumped out at me about these being something to watch. And I don't know if there was just a big drop off on his movies being discussed at all. Uh when I was a young cinephile. Uh, learning about movies, he he just never came up or was never it was never like urgently pushed on me by any of the critics that I, I could recall. Um, so I was just like, eh, put it off, put it off, put it off. But you know what? I think like a, about two months or so ago, Criterion just had this huge dump of Hal Hartley movies, and I went, damn, I guess I should get around to watching at least one of them. And uh, after watching The Adjuster, I, I was like, well. Now seems to be a good time as any to check out 
the most popular Hal Hartley movie, I guess, according to Letterboxd. Uh, this movie called Trust from 1990, uh, which I'll just read the synopsis. A slightly twisted comedy. I didn't know that going into it. So this is going to be a comedy, but it's like an indie comedy. And I would say that the... There's something this movie's like very low budget in like sort of a a kind of production value wise it is kind of like a trauma movie where it's like kind oh, of this like flat it's kind of like a flat cinematography the color mm-hmm. correction is just like uh where they're outside it's just blue you just get some scenes where it's blue um so synopsis after being thrown away th- thrown away from home Pregnant high school dropout Maria meets Matthew, a highly educated and extremely moody electronics repairman. The two begin an unusual romance built on their sense of mutual admiration and trust. Uh, That last part is like word for word, like a a scene at this movie. Like admiration and trust? Yeah, talking about admiration and trust. I think maybe it's like respect and trust. But uh, yes, it's about whether or not this constitutes what love actually is between two people. So anyway, uh, so this movie stars uh, this woman named Adrian Shelley, who looked super, super familiar. And when I looked into her, the only thing I'd really seen with her in it was an episode of Homicide Life on the Street. But when I saw the still, I went, oh, yeah, it is totally her. She has like a particular look. I guess like you can't miss, but she wrote and directed and starred in a movie called waitress that came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, but then of course I did a little bit of reading and found out, Oh, she was murdered at the age of 40. Like, like, Oh, that's really, grim. there's an, yeah, there's like this HBO uh, documentary about her uh, named Adrian. And I was like, that sucks. <laughs> and so anyway, uh, this movie also stars Martin Donovan, who, when I saw him, I went, oh, fuck, I've, I know this guy. Like, I've seen this guy in so much stuff, but it's like, I've never known his name. But this Martin Donovan guy and uh, Adrian Shelley, they're all over these Hal Hartley movies. Uh, so, like, Martin Donovan, I mean, you've seen uh, your share of Christopher Nolan movies. He's in, oh, yes. like, two of them. But he's not like that guy where, like, oh, it's Martin Donovan. He just has this... I don't know. He doesn't look like regular folk, RJ. He has a very distinct... He has a look, and you go, oh, it's that guy. I can usually pick out Martin Donovan. Usually. Well, he was in uh, that Blackberry movie most recently, but he was in Come to Daddy, Inherent Vice, Malcolm X, Tenet, Insomnia. Uh, Those were like his big movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do know Come to Daddy. There's definitely no mistaking uh, Martin Donovan for other folk. Yes. Uh, and the big thing though, and I was watching this and I'm like, why is this woman seem so fucking familiar? And she's talking. And then I mm-hmm. went, Oh my God, it's, it's Carmela. <laughs> it's Eddie Falco. Um, Carmella. And she, and, yeah. And she's like, but she compl- like completely, like, you know, dark brunette hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure where in like the New York area this is set, but yeah, all Jersey. Yeah, you're hearing like this like Jersey, New York, you know, Staten Island ish sort of medley of like your know, northeastern New Yorky accents. I don't know what they mm-hmm. would be exactly, but there she is. And so she plays the uh, older sister who recently divorced. Uh, kids have been taken away from her, and she's living at the house uh, with her younger sister and mom. Uh, the movie opens up with. Um, the Adrian Shelley character, Maria, uh, mm-hmm. uh, basically saying she's pregnant. 
and then has an altercation with her dad, slaps her dad, leaves the house, and right after she leaves, mm. her dad drops dead from a heart attack. Mm. Um, so she goes off. Uh, we're introduced then to uh, the Martin Donovan character, Matthew. His name is mm. Matthew Slaughter. Uh, okay. th- th- there's like this like weird sort of comedy stuff that you're kind of mm. like, this is a little quirky, a little a little bit goofy. Where he it opens up with him like fixing a computer. He has a rage out, um, and his manager kind of admonishes him, and he puts his manager's head in a vice cartoonishly and just like locks it into place, and then he walks out. And there's no repercussions for this. <laughs> he goes home and you find out he his dad is a raging asshole uh Korean War uh veteran, played by a man far too young <laughs> to be like as old as his dad should be. But Again, uh, independent filmmaking at its finest. So what happens is eventually these two um, cross uh, paths and kind of have a hit up a friendship slash uh, romance. So, I mean, I was trying to peg like Martin Donovan's age. So she's 17 and pregnant. And let's see here. So Martin Donovan would be, let's see here. Got to do some math here. He's definitely in his late 20s. So you're kind of like, Hmm, Martin Donovan. What are we doing here, hanging out with this seventeen-year-old girl? Yeah. So I guess yeah, Rob Eagle on the beach. That's right. Yeah, half his age, but yeah. uh, yeah, So he's older than I thought because he. So his age at this point in time was thirty-three. But I mean, there's characters that are thirty-three playing teenagers in Friday the Thirteenth movies. Uh, He could be. He could look younger than he is, right? and, she, and, I and, and I was supposed to mention so Adrian Shelley who's playing 17 she was 24 so anyway so yeah so she starts up um, she doesn't want to know she wants to keep this baby because she goes to tell her boyfriend who's a football player but he's like a real Classic. jerk real jerk off and a what? Uh, jerk off and yeah. uh, hijinks ensues. Uh, I don't know if you'd like this movie, RJ. This movie might set you off. I, I would, don't like lots of movies. I know, but there's a style to this movie that, like, it took me a little while to get into the rhythm of it. Uh, but mm. by, I think by the end, I was like, yeah, that was pretty good. I'd watch another Hal Hartley movie. You might not like it's that the quirkiness of it. It's not like a Diablo Cody. I, I was thinking a little oh. bit of, of, of Juno while watching this. It's very stage play um, the, the, it's like these people do not talk the way mm-hmm. that people talk. In fact, actually, the movie that it reminds me quite a bit of is a little uh, Wilt Stillman, RJ. Remember, remember Metropolitan? Remember Metropolitan, RJ? Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, and that that movie you were like, oh boy. This movie has yeah, that. But this, 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 that. You know, I mean, I, I wasn't big on it either until I did a rewatch, and I was like, oh, I like this movie a lot more after a rewatch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so trust is kind of in that. And I know that uh, Sam Sanchez, when he threw this movie out to us, he said that his stuff was decisive, or divisive, divisive, um, that mm. people either are really into it or could not stand it. And I could say, yelp. I think that's fair. Mm. I do, and I, so I don't know how you would like, and this is his first mm. one. It, may, it might be like, because it was like ah, the 1990s, early cinema stuff is more inspiring probably for like, you could tell any kind of story. Like these sort of like little, um, little liberal arts educated 
screenplays by a person who's like, this is like me and my friends and how they talk. Like, mm. uh, and this is like that kind of feeling to it. And you're either going to be like fine with that or it might drive you up the wall. And you could go either way. The The acting is very like almost, you could call it bad, but I think it's stylized. And if you're okay with that, again, you, you can be along for the ride. But definitely not for everybody. But I did like it uh, overall. I didn't like it as much as the adjuster because I didn't have any of those problems while watching that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't want. So I don't want to talk I mean, about the adjuster. I don't plan to watch it. No, that's fine. I mean, I would. I, I would be like RJ, dog. You gotta watch Trust. <laughs> I'll tell I, you. I I'll know. let you know. I'll let you know I, if I, I see know. a Hal Hartley. If I see a Hal Hartley, I think you'll like. I'll let you know. This wouldn't be. You usually do. You yeah. usually do. And I don't. Yeah. And do I ever steer you wrong, RJ? Well. There was this one time that uh, there there were a couple movies that Look, uh, made their way to me. You had, you got the shingles regardless. Well, all I can say is that my life changed drastically, and not for the better after uh, after those events. So, yeah, it's pretty hard out there yeah. for a kid like me. That's right. You're not doing not yourself kid. any favors. Oh no, no, no! I'm not trying to help myself. I'm trying to. Put myself down in the ground, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah. almost but, but look at that, RJ. I watch mm-hmm. movies. I know oh. it's, it's almost like you, you, if something is like worthwhile, you'll actually watch it. Yeah, that's what that's how it feels. But it, it's you know? it's so easy, it's so easy to watch, like when you actually want to watch something and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know I'd like that. It turns out having to watch a movie when you don't want to watch it. Might not be the uh, ideal uh, uh, environment to be doing so. It might, yeah, you know. I think mean, about, maybe. Think about that. Think about that. I'll think about whatever I want to think about. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Uh, well, that's it for the movies that I watched that, I, that I'll talk about at this time. RJ, you got any news for us? Anything from the entertainment side of things from I mean, entertainment I, journalists i kind of discussed a, we kind of hit a lot of the entertainment news journalism we, see, earlier we, we, we did we did so i i, I kind of jumped that gun but uh let me see here i'll go to movie scoops yeah. uh scoop town uh pope's exorcist 2 in development that's pretty cool yes um gladiator 2 ridley scott uh, really, Scott's criticism. Napoleon. Napoleon, get a life. Yeah. Nick Cage doesn't want to be a meme. Uh, uh, more, Scors- more talking Scorsese. about girth. So, yeah, he had that girth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Terrifier 3 Christmas movie. Oh, the teaser for that came out this morning, I think. Oh, I watched yeah. it while I was on the toilet. Yeah, how was it? Um, It's a teaser. It's yeah. uh, a Santa putting in presents and... A kid comes up and says, Santa! And then and it's art. And, and it's art, yep. yeah. Classic, some would say. What a twist. What a twist. Yeah, all I really know for movie news is that I think EJ, entertainment journalism, might be some of the worst things <laughs> that our society has now. Yeah. Um, and I mean that. And I'm I'm fully aware of war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I feel like entertainment journalism is worse. Yeah, they they got them beat. Like, 
What are they doing? You know what I mean? What are these people doing? Well, RJ, I, I, I'm going to one-up you here. I think I've got worse news for you. Oh, God. What now? Well, Criterion, that little-known oh. company, Criterion Collection, they announced their February titles. What okay. do we got here? Well, kind of cool. We got some Johnny Toe movies, Heroic Trio, Executioners coming at okay. you. That's not bad. Not bad. Uh, we've got a film called Nothing But a Man. Okay. I don't know anything about. Uh, directed by a Michael Romer. R-O-E-M-E-R. This is from yeah. 1964. That seems fine. Okay. Um, we've got The Roaring Twenties. Uh, mm, starring James okay. Cagney and Humphrey Bogart. That seems fine. Mm-hmm. That seems fine. That, that's okay. Uh, we've got the McCabe and Mrs. Miller coming to 4K. That's okay. I mean, that movie just came out on Blu-ray. Okay. It feels like not that long ago. So, you know, we're already get, getting that uh, 4K coming out of it. You're kind of like, oh, wow, I wasted my money. I, I feel great. I feel alive. Yeah. But RJ, <clears throat> yeah. you, know what, you know what's coming out in a box no. set? It's called Tales of the Four Seasons. Um, this will encapsulate a few films from 1990, 92, 96, and 98. And they're all okay. like, you know, a tale of winter, a tale of springtime, a tale of summer, a tale of autumn. Brought okay. to you by director Eric Romer. Remember him, RJ? Remember Eric Romer? Remember <laughs> six? The... Remember six moral tales? What do you think his tales of the four seasons will be like? Do you I think? Imagine... They'll... Do you think they might even be set during the seasons of which they stayed in the title? No, I imagine the winter season is set during summer because that's how Romer might play yeah. that game. But uh, I feel like the four what, what? seasons, it's four seasons of sexual aggression. Sex crimes. So, Sex crimes. Uh, let, yes. let, me read, let me read the description here off, off the box. The seasons may change, but the follies of the heart are constant in this ineffably lovely quartet of films by Eric Romer, one of cinema's most perceptive chroniclers of the pangs and perils of romance. Set throughout France, Tales of the Mm. Four Seasons is a cycle to stand alongside the director's two earlier acclaimed film series, Mm. Six Moral Tales and Comedies and Proverbs. By turns comic and melancholic, breezy and richly philosophical, these bittersweet tales of long Oh, sorry, of love, longing, long, <laughs> long uh, uh-huh. and the inevitable misunderstandings that shape human relationships probe the most complex of emotions with the utmost grace. What do you think the chances are of some problematic depictions happening? What do you a think? A thousand that... percent. A thousand yeah. percent. Yes. There, there is no way that that dude can't. <laughs> he, he can't help himself. He can't I, I help just, himself. I just know that, like in that little description, you know, uh, that's the sort of thing that would be skimmed right over. Uh, but we can't talk about it now. We're gonna, well, well, ten years from now, sure, we'll, we'll get there. You and whoever is alive at the time, you yeah. guys can talk about I mean, it. Well, Rob Eagle might, be, he'll be in fit and fine shape. Well, yeah, you and Rob yeah. Eagle's six pack can talk about yeah. it at, at that's the right. time. But uh, I will very gladly not, no longer be of this plane. <laughs> That's right. Earth. That's right. Yeah, I will be gone. But yeah. uh, well, we'll have you. In, we'll build an ossuary out of you. You Skype me in from the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not watching that, and um, it's definitely uh, problematic. I can say. Very good. 
100 percent. excellent all right well folks <laughs> uh this is it this will be uh after the break part one of i don't know four uh five uh, we'll oh, see of, of rj bots mm-hmm. talking about berlin alexander platz talking yeah. about alfred doblin and uh going berlin alexander platz who's that more like berlin alexander schatz oh that's right? pretty, i think i i think my letterbox review i would be gunning for is berlin alexander ass oh yeah that's not bad Platz well, berlin alexander pants pants that's like a little too low-key oh, okay 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 well we'll figure it out we got four weeks there's no rush we'll there's no rush This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Berlin Alexander Platz from 1980, directed by Rainier Werner Fassbinder. And RJ, this is part one of uh, a yet-to-be-determined uh, number of episodes. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the first three uh, as the uh, title card of the series begins. Uh, we're informed uh, that it is 13 parts in an epilogue. Mm-hmm. Not 14 parts, but 13 in an epilogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very brief uh, synopsis from Letterboxd. In late 1920s Berlin, Franz Biberkopf is released from prison and vows to go straight. However, he soon finds himself embroiled in the city's criminal underworld. Mm-hmm. All been there. We've all mm-hmm. been there. Hey, it's been a while since we've watched a, a Fassbinder film, RJ. Uh, it's been at least um, it's been at least a month or two. Been a, it's been a minute, as the kids yeah. say. Kids do say that. Kids do say that. But they say all kinds I would, of things. I'd say it's been definitely um, some time has passed since the last time. I actually even check. It must have been. Was it Veronica Voss? Was that the last one? Sure, that sounds about right. So that was uh well I I logged this movie December thirty first, twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what what it was. Yeah. Wait, thirteen? Twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. I was gonna say thirteen. I was like, that's a long ass time ago. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. December thirty first, twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Been a yeah. while. 
and you were um, missing them every yeah. day. Yeah, well, and I was like, I was thinking back to like, what did we think? What did I think? What did you no. think of a uh, Fastbinder at the time? I think, I think, uh, you were positive. Mm-hmm. On most of the Fastbinders, yep. Yeah, because there's the three, the trilogy we watched, and then mm-hmm. there was uh, Ali, Furious the Soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think that I was pretty positive on most okay. of them. Yes. Okay. So. At the prospect of watching a 15-hour movie, like sure. this is, we're talking about this is like this is a uh, Twin Peaks: The Return, which I think yeah, is yeah. 17 hours long, but, but not uh, part of the collection yet. N- not part of the collection yet, as yeah. well as you know, it's not Twin Peaks, it's not David Lynch. Yes, and this is you know, which is subject matter mm-hmm. that we're we're here for. Uh, this mm. is Berlin Alexanderplatz, uh, an adaptation of a book, a German book, uh, that neither of us have ever read. And I don't know if anybody really reads uh, Berlin Alexanderplatz anymore. Uh, I think it's part of the um, like the American curriculum, like in the school oh, systems. I, right, 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 right. Yeah, it's like grade eight or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like, according to Letterboxd uh, logs, People have watched this, and they seem to be very positive on it. I'm now, sure the, the one thing about that, though, of course, is these are people who I would assume have completed watching it in its entirety and mm-hmm. uh, really uh, enjoyed it. We don't know about people who might have not finished watching it necessarily, but I mean that wouldn't stop someone from logging it prematurely either. Interesting. Um, you think people uh, would log this without seeing the whole fifteen hours? I think they might. I think they they wow. might be. Ball. I think they might be that kind of dishonest. Are you on board with that? Che- cheating, cheating on Letterboxd. Wow. Can you imagine? I, I genuinely can't. I'm I'm really not not sure what to think about that. So first of all, RJ. I mean, yeah. so people could listen to other uh, Fastbinder episodes that we've done, uh, mm-hmm. which is just like the four, I suppose. Uh, tell me what you know about the Weimar Republic. Um. I don't know if there's anything that I don't know, to be oh, honest. Oh, okay. Like, uh, well, I'll start anywhere. I, I, I wait. Well, it's a republic. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, after the Weimar. Oh, I see. And uh, I, don't, I don't... I don't really think I need to go past that. I think that's pretty much... That's, that's it. That's it. Very yeah, well. So I feel pretty good about that. Okay. Uh huh. Well, how about I'll give you a little, I'll throw you a bone your RJ. Okay. The Weimar Republic is the name given to the German government between the end of the imperial period, that's when World War I ended, and okay. the beginning of Nazi Germany, 1933. The Weimar Republic and period mm-hmm. draws its name from the town of Weimar, Weimar, in central mm-hmm. Germany, where the Constitutional Assembly met. So. So what I'm hearing is what yeah. I just said to you. You just repeated that back to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Perfect. Uh, so that is the time period in which this book was released, uh, 1929, by a uh, man named Alfred Doblin. Uh, it's an example of uh, modernist literature. You know, you, you got your, your James Joyce's, little mm-hmm. James Joyce, RJ. I've heard. Big, big fan of Ulysses, I'm sure. Um, sure. And, uh, yeah, so this is a case where, uh, the move that the film is set in the period in which the book was released, 
but made, you know, in 1979 or 1980, released in 1980, uh, you know, 60 years after. So it's got a little bit of hindsight about how things were going because uh, one yeah. of the things that this book is about is talking about, you know, the ascendancy of Nazism. So here in 1929, um, people are like, yeah, there's these, these national socialist guys running around. Uh, Bolsheviks are running around and the, things don't feel great. And uh, we all know, they, they knew, you know, back in 1929, these are bad people. <laughs> these these people don't have good intentions. Uh, they talk a good game and they're capturing the, the hearts and minds of the citizenry. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a parliamentary system. You only got to get that third of a vote. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, you got them floating about. People are like, they're bad news. And <laughs> turns out they were right. So uh, this book came out, you know, before that all started really uh coalesce into the actual the progression of time uh but now you have a movie here uh which is going to uh, be able to be like yes yes it was and here's the story as well but to what end you might ask so anyway uh fastbinder released this he was dead like two years later i think i think he died in 1982 from his uh I believe it's described yeah, on Wikipedia as a as a cocktail of uh, cocaine and barbiturates or something like that. So I don't want to like assume anything, but do you think it was this that killed him? Uh, I don't know. I don't. Well, we, we'll, we'll, well, we've got a few weeks to figure it out. Okay. Okay. So this aired on German TV mm-hmm. uh, weekly. Uh, there's a lot of talk about this being controversial uh, as it aired. Well, also, I don't know yet. For sure, because we haven't finished watching it, you, uh, you and I. So this mm-hmm. is people are going to be getting us uh, live reacting, I guess, in some sure. ways uh, to us to our viewing experience week to week. We're going to be again doing th- three or so a week. Um, but I, I hear a lot about this epilogue, and I've seen the like a screenshot of the epilogue, and I'm like, what in the world is this? And the titles, the when I see them, I just start going, what is this Neon Genesis Evangelion? <laughs> That sounds good, though. Well, the ending, though, and apparently the the ending is a uh, wild. Like, it's wild. And it's like a dream sequence or something like that. We'll see. Like, we'll hmm. see. Bam, you got titles like "The Punishment Begins," like Episode One, which is a great place to start. Uh, this aired actually uh, October twelfth, nineteen eighty, and has a oh. runtime of eighty two minutes. So essentially, it's a feature film in itself. It's like your thirtieth birthday, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh wow! Incredible. Oh wow! So, um, just a synopsis here: Berlin, 1928, so a year before mm-hmm. the book would have come out. Franz Biberkoff is released after serving four years in Tegel prison for killing his girlfriend Ida. Um, after settling into his old apartment, he visits Mina, Ida's sister, and rapes her. In a flashback, yep. we see Franz kill. Ida with a cream whip after correctly suspecting she was about to leave him. Franz later runs into his old friend Mech and has a drink with him in Max's Bar, a local place. There he meets Lena Przybylia, a young Polish woman who moves in with him. He receives notification from the Berlin police that he is barred from living in certain Berlin districts and surrounding municipalities under the threat of a fine or imprisonment. Biberkoff places himself under the supervision of a charity called Prisoner's Aid, to which he must report once a month while remaining in employment. By doing this, he is able to remain in Berlin. So, 
Uh, the title Berlin Alexander Platz is in reference to like a, a a portion, like a section of Berlin, Alexander Platz, and that is where uh, this movie's set, I guess. How, how do you like them apples? Um, Franz Bieberkopf, this guy. Oh man, what a what a card! Uh, played by Gunther Lamprecht. Um, oh, oh really? They got him. They got they got Gunter. They got, they got Gunter for this one. <laughs> they got Gunter. Uh, and so this movie yeah, it opens up with him getting released from jail, but you know what? He's he's a free man and he when he goes to cross uh the gate uh, onto the street, he is overwhelmed by sound, by the noise of the outside world, and he doesn't want to go back into it. Uh we get this scene where a guard and the music kind of tells him, hey, you're not the only lost soul going out there. <laughs> It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Seize the day. Very strange. <laughs> like, where I'm like, what is this? It seems like very mm-hmm. melodramatic, but mm-hmm. like kind of self-aware. You're like, I don't think that the uh, Rainier buys this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about, uh, is this is this man going to uh, recommit? Is he going, is he a reprobate RJ? Um, I'd prefer not to say until, okay. uh, uh, until the time yeah, so, is right. So Teagle seems to be this, like, yeah, it's a prison in like this urban environment. Um, and so of course, so Fra- Franz goes off on his way. Uh, he doesn't get too far. He kind of walks through, uh, what appears to be kind of like a, like Jewish side of the neighborhood, I guess. Um, and he has like another one of these attacks. There's this scene where, um, I can't remember the name of the character, uh, He's not, reapp- he's not reappeared yet. Um, I think I think his name is Kanye. Kanye, oh, yeah, or something like that. Uh huh. So he gets told a story, uh-huh. uh, and it's like I'm not sure if they're brothers. And he's like, yeah, it's like I don't think it's meant. It's like said like, it's, what they it's, are it's, to it's each this, other. Yeah, it's like this red haired, this red haired, uh, like uh, Jewish man, and then like mm-hmm. the, the other, I don't know, brother or friend. Uh, kind of sends this uh, Franz guy packing. There's a dispute about this. Why are you always helping these people? Well, he comes up and he's like, you're not telling stories yeah. again. He's yeah. like, is yeah. this guy yeah. telling you stories? Yeah, yeah, get yeah. get him out of here. He says he knows better than to be telling stories over yeah. here. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So he gets back. Uh, so he goes and finds his like his old apartment that's being, being kept uh, by uh, the lady from Ali Furitz the Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very excited to have him back. It's just the way that it was just a little mm-hmm. dingier, a little dustier, darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's just like, well, like, Oh, it's great to have you back. Franz. It's been four years. Uh, and you're like, okay, so what, what do you do? And you find out, Oh, he beat his girlfriend to death. That old chestnut. Hey? And you're like, Oh, okay. All right, his old friend Meg's like, "Hey, Franz, let's go for like, a drink. Hey, let's brother, a, let's go for a drink." Uh, mm-hmm. Implication here in the first few episodes we watch is Meg is uh, part of the the criminal world still. Oh, okay. uh, and at this point, like, so I don't know if you've done any reading up, up ahead. I don't about, know how about any of the uh, the characters and stuff like that, but I did, and I was no. like, "What?" I'm like, and I so so Kim watched the first three episodes of this with me. And I'm like, did did you pick up on this? She's like, no. And I went, okay. <laughs> so there's... I don't think you should have put her through that. Well, she wanted to. She thought it was a documentary. 
<laughs> and then she's like, okay. and then when she found out that it wasn't, she's like, oh, maybe I'm not into this as much. And but said, maybe you don't want this curse, well, do you? Well, I, 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 I did say that you know you can give you can give it the uh, the Andy treatment of say of her of going no thanks <laughs> and no leave thanks. me leave me to my own devices. You and I, RJ, you and me, just checking out the mm. uh, Berlin Berlinizen plots, just the two of us. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh. To me, it's Mick seems like a, a decent enough guy. I'm not sure, not sure about this Franz Mech. fellow. Yeah, Mick. Yeah, he's so far so good. So far so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you, and then you meet uh, his new squeeze, uh, this oh. Lena woman uh, at the bar. She's uh, hanging out there. Um, they, they, they shack up. Who do they? And everything is just gonna work out a okay, except for if you can get past the biting. Uh, can you describe that for me, please? Uh, well, I mean, he likes to bite. That's just who he is. Oh, I should mention, I think before that, he also goes to a uh, sex worker, correct? Yes, and he's yeah. a little too aggressive. And then yeah, I think, he's, she... I think he's, he might be, like, biting her, too. Uh... He is, and then, and then she's like, hey, slow down, buddy. And then he's like... Ugh. And then he like storms out of there. He's like, "Shut yeah. up!" Well, well, there is some. There's a lot of talk about like looking at like sex ed stuff about like erectile dysfunction. A lot, of, a lot of that going on, and it's, um, it seems to be the implication is that he just can't get it up. Who hasn't been there? Am yeah. I right? So, so this man, this this odd performance too, of where he's like in and out. You're like, is this man a culpable in what he's doing? It's I'm not sure if that's what they're going for, or it's just mm. this. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how it shapes up. But yeah, I he's overwhelmed. His know. his senses are overwhelmed at times. Um, anyway, so yeah, they don't, now he meets Lena, a new woman. He's really he's just moving in on these women. And big complaint I've got here, RJ, in terms okay. of like believability, is like how is this guy pulling? Why are like women are constantly like looking at him and like giving him the eyes? I, I think and it's... You're, it's just like what, 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 I, what I know this what guy? <laughs> you know, know what, what it is. is. To quote Martin Scorsese, he has the girth. He has the girth. He is a big, large man, and with largeness (laughs) comes power, especially in poverty, (laughs) war-torn states. He looks like he knows where to find food. Yes. Is that that the implication? They said, holy shit, this man is resourceful. It's it's ridiculous. Like, women are just like, hello, Gunther. He's like, hey, brother. Hey, pep, Just pep. like that too. Yeah. So anyway, and then we get like some 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 ridiculous scene where he gets a letter while everyone's standing around because they're all so happy how everything's gonna work out great. And then the letter comes, the music comes, the model music comes. It's like, oh no! And he reads it out loud. You can't live in all these areas. And it's like, oh no! Now I'm sad and depressed. And then he goes to court, and or he goes to this like uh, this prisoner's mm-hmm. aid thing, and it's all happy, go lucky. And you're like, guess what? Good news, everybody. Um, uh, I can stay. I can stay. And everyone's, and everyone's like, ah, everything's going to work out great. Everyone goes, we totally forgot that you killed someone and raped someone else. Yeah, yeah, the sister. Oh, yeah, because there's like that whole, that whole yes. bit. Yes. Where he's visiting Ida twice. And, yeah, yeah. There's an I'll... implication. Oh, it's not, it's not an implication. Um, Some might say he works through the no, but no. He's a... Mm-hmm performs some uh, sexual assault that she begrudgingly goes through. Um, and he comes mm-hmm. back and she keeps saying like, when my, if my husband knew you were here, 
and you're just like, what? What's going on here? What's going on? Um, so yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's the first episode. The punishment begins. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I gotta say, you know, you know how you, one watches television. Mm-hmm. You might give something the first episode, and sure. you'd go, and you might go, eh, not for me. And then you just never think about it ever again. I've done this many times in my life. Mm-hmm. And if this were under normal circumstances where I'm not contractually obligated, I, I would never, I wouldn't continue watching this show. Okay. Based on the, the first episode. Um, just a, it's just a little like, there's doesn't seem like there's anything there. Uh, characters just don't seem to be like set up in a way where like, ah, here's some dialogue that makes sense or how characters would talk or like, it's relatable. Uh, there's like these weird sort of almost moments where it goes into like dream sequences or like these weird, like decisions, like spinning camera from above or from below mm-hmm. of like rooftops of the sky. And you're just like, why? And you're like, I, I, I would be okay if I felt like it was going to pay off, but I don't think it is. And I wonder when I read about, uh, you know, Tom Twyker talking about this uh, film and how controversial it is. And it's just cause like the normies just don't get it. And they were complaining about it. I'm like, oh, it's just like, I'm like, no, 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 Tom. Uh, and of course, when he talks about it, he kind of skims over the uh, the fact that this Franz guy is a real uh, sex pest. Um, just, that's not here nor there. It was a different time in 2007 when you're writing essays. You don't talk about that kind of thing. It complicates it. Uh, but now you're like, oh, why, why the fuck am I watching this? <laughs> like, if you're going to make portray this character, you better be likable. And I don't know, RJ. I don't know about this Franz Biberkoff dude. I'm not rooting you, you for him. You don't think Biberkoff is back? As no. he claims? He's back, baby. Biberkoff uh, is back. R- R- RJ, give me the TV treatment here. On the first episode. What did you think of episode one? <clears throat> Berlin Alexanderplatz. Yeah. 101. Rape Man. One out of four stars. <laughs> <laughs> It's about as honest as I can come by. Oh. <laughs> uh, one out of four. Good. One out of four stars. Uh, I Good. was not a fan of this in any way at all, <laughs> which awesome. I'm sure you were aware of as you were watching this. You probably went, I don't think RJ's going to like this. And I was watching this and I went, this. Uh, yeah, like this is all sorts of stuff that I'm just... I don't care for at all. Like, uh, number one, I think it's boring. Yeah. Which some people be like, Oh, you don't understand what the context was in the place at the time. And it's like, yeah, of course I don't. I live in Canada. Well, I mean, RJ, we, we also know you're, you're not a student of history. We, we know that. Mm. I know a ton about like Ecuador. So I just want to say, I have read a comic uh, by Jason Lutz called Berlin, which is set during the Weimar Republic. And it's a very good comic. Because um, it's got you, characters. I feel like that gives you... I mean, I know, what, I, I know what the... I know what the... I know what the... So I know what the era is. Like, okay. it gets referenced all the time. Some might even say that we are experiencing a, a Weimar Republic right now, uh, where it seems like fascism's coming back. 
uh, despite all warnings. And you go, because people would ask and beg the question for, for like the whole time I've been alive and aware of like, how could, how could the Nazis ever have come to power? And I apparently pretty easily. So I'm like, okay, with that in mind, I'm going into this thing like, oh, cool. Like this might be a really cool television series. I mean, when we're, like I think Rainier Fastbinder is a pretty interesting director. He's made, mm-hmm. like, I've liked a lot of his stuff. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not, not, not getting it, not getting it. And I'm like, so why, why this subject matter? Why this material? And why like this? And I don't know. We'll see if we get there, because we have to watch it no matter what. Only, you know, hours and hours to go. Well, what else do you have to say about the first episode? I thought it was annoying. Uh, I thought it was boring. <laughs> Yep, and uh, like you kind of pointed out, I was like, "This is the uh, this is our hero protagonist for this movie." Like it starts out with him screaming, and then you're like, "Oh, does he have mental illness? Does he have PTSD from this thing?" Oh, there's this sweet old like, um, what is it? Uh, not hematic. Is... What what's that kind of Ju- Judaism where they have the curls and stuff? You know. Uh, it's not hermetic Jew. It's something like that. Hasidic. I don't know. I, I I genuinely Hasidic. Hasidic. I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. But But like like that. that, That's what it is when they have like the the curls in the hat, right? Like the kind of orthodox. The black long black long coat. Yeah. Yeah. And that guy comes along, and you're like, oh man, is this going to be a sweet five hour story about male bonding and friendship? You know, the entire time we were in that sequence, I was just like, you know, I'd rather be watching. Fanny and Alexander. Um, and absolutely, because that is, in, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's five hours, and that's it, it. Once you hit that fourth hour, it really starts moving. You're just like, oh yeah, but uh, in a heartbeat, in yeah. a heartbeat. I just be like, yeah, I'd watch that right now, like you anytime. The... Great, 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 great movie, and uh, yeah. I'm like, huh, oh, we're missing that here. Mm-hmm. Well, you see that first bit, and you're just like, you're like, all right, is that what this is? And then it's like, no, he leaves, and then he immediately goes and rapes someone, and you go, "All right." Uh, it's the sister uh, well, get, of the. Get... It's the sister of the woman I yeah. murdered. And then as that, <laughs> as the sexual aggression is happening, you're just like, you get the backstory. It's like, oh, he killed the other one, so he's got a thing for the family. And you go, "Is that good? <laughs> yeah, is that a good quality for this guy to have?" And then, as like I said, after the rape, he's like, Bibrakov is back. Or or he goes to the prostitute before, too. But you're just like, all right. And, like, yeah. his whole thing is, he's like, I was in prison. And it's like, yeah, a lot of people go to prison, man. Doesn't make you special, okay? You're not special because of this. So, uh, yeah, I watched this first one, and I went, oh, boy. Did you Did you say, the punishment has begun? I didn't because I was so bummed out. I don't want to. I didn't want to acknowledge it at all. Like, okay, pocket bummed me out. <laughs> Super. Which brings yeah. us to episode two. Do you want to hear was... my review of this one? Okay. Well, let me tell you that I'll I'll run the title by first. Okay. How is one to live if one doesn't want to die? Does that not sound like a anime episode title? Uh, yeah, that does sound like uh. <laughs> Neon Genesis, just yeah. a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little uh, bit. Shinji, um, Shinji. Franz is self-employed, uh-huh. hawking necktie holders on the street, but mm-hmm. has trouble making out of money and does not consider himself an orator. 
uh, after turning down the opportunity to sell sex education manuals. Wow, he doesn't turn it down. He um, he does. And then Lena Haight is like, what the fuck are you doing, you pervert? Um, he has talked into selling the Nazi newspaper Volkischer Beobachter and wearing a swastika armband. In the subway, Franz is confronted by a Jewish man selling hot sausages, but denies being anti-Semitic and Dresky with two other men also known to him. Uh, Dresky admires Lenin and the Soviet Union, but Franz responds by decrying revolution and their Weimar Republic. At Max's bar, Dresky and his friends sing the Internationale to provoke Franz, to which he responds by singing the 19th century patriotic songs, The Watch on the Rhine, in it hot einden kamaraden. At the top of his voice, Franz accuses them of being loud mouths and crooks before almost collapsing. The other men return to their table. Outside, Franz meets Lena. He rambles about what has just happened. The men he just met cannot understand life and do not know what it is like to be in prison. Argy, you can hit me, hit me with your review. <clears throat> okay, so you might remember my first review was Rape Man. Yeah, that was one oh one. I I have a feeling I know what it is for episode two. One oh one was rape man. One oh two, Nazi man. One out of four stars. Oh, damn. <laughs> Maybe one point five. This one okay. was better than the first one. So this is the one where I dozed off for about ten minutes and then I uh... <laughs> I fell asleep in all three of these episodes. Kim, I, I only I only did on the second one. Kim filled me in so I didn't have to go back. Oh. Oh, you're all. I, if I, only I was so luckily. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, you you need a you need a co-viewer to have a prompter to yeah. fill me in later. No, yeah. no, I was flying. I'm on an <laughs> island on this. One. I went. I went. Yeah, I went right out. <laughs> my head. My head was on her, and then just like she's like, yeah, I can feel your head get heavier <laughs> at one point. As I just went, <laughs> and then like I didn't. I don't know. I was just like, you know, I was resting my eyes. My 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 uh, thinking just drifted away to more interesting things. Mm. And then I was just like, huh? What? Oh, so, right, then I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So anyways, uh, yeah. so yeah, Franz is, he's going to, he's going to hawk neckties to, to make some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing it on the street. And one thing of note here that they don't mention in this little write up is while he's doing it, there's this woman in a car who's like looking at him. Um, and Lena sees this. She's like, who's that? And because this woman comes over and gives him some money and then runs back to the car. And you're like, I don't know. Who the fuck's that? And it's like, who is this woman? Like, I've never seen her. There's no name. Uh, and you're like, whatever. We'll see if that com- if anything comes of it or, any- or of the like. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, then he's like, well, he goes back to the guy down in the subway, like the wherever it is. And he's like, yeah, these neckties, I just can't, I'm not selling them that well. He's like, well, you could sell these uh, sex ed manuals. And he's like, ooh. So essentially it's like, yeah, these things, where it's just like a way to distribute pornography, I think. Pornography? And there's a whole, yeah, and there's a whole scene where he, like, where it's like Gunter uh, playing mm-hmm. Franz. He, like, can recite this stuff fully in this, like, very yeah. theatrical manner, not looking down at it. Like, he's just delivering a monologue. Very peculiar, and he's describing this like, uh, you know, this, this this gay encounter, I guess, of something he's just read. And Lena's just like, "What the fuck are you reading, you degenerate?" Um, mm-hmm. And she's just like, "What kind of a man are you?" Uh, she said, "A story, huh? Aren't you?" Yeah. She said, "You're the homo sex boy, aren't you? Aren't you?" And then she really so, 
Yeah, She's like, you're, you're you're gonna take these back to that peddler of filth. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll sell Nazi newspapers now. Yeah, <laughs> I think it. I do think this is about where I dozed off. So, anyways, um, buddy, buddy, selling. He's working for the Nazis now. Uh, people have problems with that. Some Bolsheviks roll up. Dresky's like, whoa, 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 dude, what are you doing here? Um. And oh, I feel like there's something I'm missing here. Oh, I think there's like a bit where um, I think Fran- Franz definitely goes for a, grabs like a handful with, with uh, Lena. This is the good times, I think. This might have been the beginning of episode three. This might have been second two. And you're just like, man, this guy is a sexual aggression, huh? And I'm like, I don't know if it's really always, you know, wanted. But um, now he's in Zenazi mode. Uh, I don't know. All I kind of remember at this point is a long extended scene of him at the bar and then there's the Bolsheviks at the other side of it and there's like threats of fisticuffs and Franz just won't break. And he's getting more and more radicalized like because it's almost sort of like obstinance because he doesn't like being yelled at and so he's like, oh yeah, well then I agree with this more even. Like it's very um like he's... I don't even know if he believes in it. He's just kind of like, well, this is the way things are. I mean, un- unemployment's like this. These guys have the answers, and you guys are being mean to me, so I'm, I'm going to be against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, very Twitter-ish, I guess. Uh, and these guys are like, the one guy wants to like basically say, let's like fucking have a fist fight, <laughs> you fascist scum. Mm-hmm. But like Franz just isn't doing it, and the Bolshevik guy can't take like bring himself to just like beating this guy up. Yeah. He's like he won't. He's like fuck. He won't fight me. I can't like hit you because you won't actually fight me. You're just standing there, and there's this this weird like thing where he picks up a chair and he's like holding it in this really stagey way that does not draw you into the narrative at all. It's just like er- I don't know, everything about it at this point is just like so uncompelling in terms of like. I don't know, storytelling, I guess. And I mean, it's not like I, I need a story to draw me into it, but I'm just like, come on, bring me into the scenes at least. Like, everyone's just talking at each other, and there's these weird, like, changes in the dialogue and asides and these voiceover narrations where it's like suddenly you're internal and out. And I, I guess mm-hmm. this might be, like, part of the modernist literature that it's being an adaptation of, but, man, it just complicates things. and just crusts it up in the worst ways. And, like, I have no... Re- there's no relevance whatsoever to me in terms of the like songs being sung and you get a lot of that. Oh, there's a bit where he goes to the bar. He goes, he goes to that fancy bar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Forgot all about that. Um, where he's being kind of brought into the, uh, you know, the, 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 the Nazi club. Um, anyways, uh, nothing comes of this exchange by the end. And he goes out, meets Lena and yeah, he <laughs> grabs and bites her and, and at night. And, the episode ends, and the third episode picks up immediately from there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, these things uh, fall one into the other. Yeah, this one uh, probably my least favorite of the three. I think this is the oh, one good. that. Yeah, I think this one. Uh, Kim thought she at least there was some context that she could be like, oh, that was in more interesting to her. I guess and I was just like. I don't know. That's the one I, that put me right to sleep. So, or for for a bit. But I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not feeling this at all. But uh, RJ, one out of four stars, huh? I didn't like it. I didn't care for it at all. Yeah. Like, 
Nice. <laughs> like the so he he rapes the poor gal and then now she's like, you know what? I'm with you, man. I'm gonna I got you. Everything's cool. Yeah, you right. Yeah, and I get this mystery woman. Yeah, and it's just like and she the whole time this gal with him is she's like, I know you're a bad dude, but whatever. It's like uh you're kinda cool, I guess. And he's selling shoelace or not not yet. No, 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 not yet. He's selling t- selling ties and you're like, Alright, and then yeah, there's that gal who uh buys ties. Who's that lady? And he's like, Ah, she's a lady and you're like, Okay. And then you have like the Nazi propaganda stuff in the barroom things, and it's just like this moral like standstill where uh he's like, Okay, you like I think the point is he's just like, Okay, you guys are saying you're doing this. I'm just enacting my free will. I'm going to stand here and shout my Nazi like songs at you. And he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, are you going to attack me? Because he's like, because then you're worse than you think you are. And you're just like, I get it. And it's like the equivalent of like a guy with like a finger right in front of your face. And it's just like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. And you're just like, shut up. Stop. Oh, hey, Stop. It's like stop bothering everybody. No. Um I fell asleep during this one too. I, I should state uh for the record that uh I watched episode one and two the day after the White Pants event at Pizza Hut. Oh, so okay. I, I did not make it through either of these two. I got forty minutes into one out and then I woke up and I had to it was just off because it doesn't auto play on criterion. So I was like, All right, I gotta go back and uh, watch that, and then I turned on the other one, and then thirty minutes yeah. into it, just out. I was just fucking out again. I just like, which I don't, I don't know if I was it like if I had just woke up that day, I don't know if it would have been any different. I feel like I still would have been in that kind of shape. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, oh for two for me at this okay. point. Okay. Uh. Next up, episode three. A hammer blow to the head can injure the soul. Are we watch are we watching anime? Are we watching anime? Are we watching anime? L- Lena is now troubled by the dubious nature of the job Franz is fulfilling. She introduces him to a family friend, Otto Luders, who turns out to be an ex con he knows from prison. But yeah. Franz thinks Otto is a good man. Mm-hmm. With him. Sure. Franz begins selling shoelaces door to door in the first apartment. Franz spends time with a widow whose deceased husband he closely resembles. What a coincidence. Later, to Otto, he reports having sex with the widow. The next day, Otto goes to the widow's home and expects the same, but she feels threatened and rejects him. Otto demands money and steals from her. When Franz goes back to the widow, happily expecting another tryst, she slams the door on him. Franz vanishes. Lena, distraught, searches for him with Mech. They wake Otto in the early morning, but Mech recognizes that his account is full of lies and hits him. Franz is found in a flop house by Otto, who is immediately threatened with a chair. Good old chair. Otto offers him a share of the money. Franz realizes has been extorted from the widow, but wanting to go straight, he pours the contents of a chamber pot over Otto. Mech gets Franz's location out of Otto, but Franz had left soon after the earlier incident. 
Mac persuades Lena that Franz wishes to be left alone and suggests she live with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the movie, uh, this one picks up right after. Right, she's going to introduce to a, a family friend. You know, she calls him uncle, but it's like a friend of her dad's. Mm-hmm. So you get to hang out with old Otto now, old Otto, and yeah, there's like this sort of recognition of like, hey, I, I remember you from uh, from Teagle, and they're like, yeah, four years, baby, <laughs> and we got he just lives in this like I don't know underground cellar, mm-hmm. uh, has lots of beer on mm-hmm. the ready, but he's got quite the hustle, RJ. Shoelaces, 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 shoelaces. I don't know if sure if that was your uh, re- one word review or not for this uh, episode, but man, oh man, the amount of times the word shoelace gets said, boy howdy, boy howdy. Would you like my review? Yeah, please. Uh, originally, it was shoelace man, so it was yeah. rape man, Nazi man, shoelace man. But I did have a little change of heart, and I put Pimp Man. Oh. And the reason for that, even though he was not willingly Pimp Man, it's kind of what this episode was about. But Shoelace Man was in there, too. So Rape Man, Nazi Man, Shoelace Man. I'm super excited to see what comes next. Yep. Incredibly what, excited. What, what new iteration we'll see of Franz. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Franz is going to start selling shoelaces. They got their whole set. They're going to go door. So they go door to door. Cause I was thinking like, how the fuck do you like, shoelaces? Everybody needs shoelaces. This is a, this is a sure thing. Cause they're ever, cause everyone's unemployed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, half a million plus people or 700,000 people in Berlin are unemployed right now. They're saying, mm-hmm. um, and yes, yeah, so they're going to sell shoelaces door to door. So the first hit, he goes to a door, and this woman answers, and she's, she's again like, whoa, Gunter, you're so sexy. And you're like, what's mm-hmm. going on here? And he's even like a little bit like, well, I mean, geez, I mean, I know that, but I mean, this is curious. Why is she inviting me in right now? Because mm-hmm. he opens up with like, hey, do you need some shoelaces for your husband? She's like, my husband's dead, but you should come mm-hmm. in for some co- coffee. And he's like, I don't mind if I do. And he comes in, and it's a very kind of funny bit where he like looks at this like uh, daguerreotype, uh, you know, photograph of, you know, it's the actor I think it's Gunter with a mustache, and it's like, oh, he looks just like me, mm-hmm. and and then they have sex mm-hmm. off camera, and, <clears throat> and he's panel. and he and he gets and he shows up at the bar and shows always like, hey buddy, I got twenty bucks. And he's like. Twenty dollars. He's like, that's right. You're gonna get some of that too, because we're partners, right? And he's like, yeah, this woman, she, she was, she was hard up for it. She wanted me, and Audrey was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and so, and of course, uh, um, there's a mention of Franz. Like, ah, I forgot my kid up there. I forgot the merchandise. I guess I just left mm-hmm. so excitedly from there. I left all of the shoelaces there. My my meal ticket. I'll go back another time and get it. Um, there was a... Why does this happen? Okay, we're not there yet. So yeah, anyway, so yeah, then Otto, Otto pays her a visit. And uh, th- this widow, and he's like, Yup, I, yeah, you met my buddy Franz yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know he offered you some coffee. Nope, he didn't mention anything else to me. Not a thing about what you mm-hmm. might have done otherwise. 
Well, I mean, well, I don't know why you think that uh, he would have told me about anything else he would have done because he didn't tell me anything. What is it that he would have told me if you had done anything? What would have that been? Real mm. smooth, incel man. Real smooth. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, uh, no thanks. And he's like, yeah, slut. And yeah, he is like, mm-hmm. you know, the incel rage fit because she won't have sex with him. I mean, but I mean, look, look at Gunter. I mean, this, this auto guy. He, he looks he, like that guy from uh, Indiana Jones. Whose face yeah, the, the Nazi. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what he looks like. So anyway, so huh. yeah, he's just like, well, fuck you. And then he like robs her while she's there. He doesn't do anything mm-hmm. to her other than commit like, you know, mental like assault, I guess. Uh, a different kind of threat, I guess, lingering the, you know, the threat of sexual violence is there, which he uses to, like, basically hold her in terror as he robs her. And you're like, good dude. Good dude. So then he leaves. Uh, then we, 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 we catch up with our, our pal. So Otto gets the stuff back. And uh, Franz, I think at this point, he either goes back to get his stuff mm-hmm. and then she's like get the hell away from me have nothing to do with him and he doesn't understand why and he's like what the other flowers and everything oh no before that because i'm not sure why he's still got shoelaces because he, he forgot all the stuff with there or maybe he got mm-hmm. it back from auto he for- I, no he forgot the- it there and the guy went and he and he was like i'm here to collect the materials but, but then they met but before, in between them. and handed it back to her okay so franz goes to another house uh, where he just happens to go to a house and opens the door, and this woman, again, from the previous mm. episode who ran over to him and gave him money when he was selling neckties, she's there, and he's all like, oh, oh, I gotta, I, I gotta go. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? And after that, he's like, I'm gonna go buy some flowers, I'm gonna buy some uh, carnations, and I'm gonna go visit that woman, have myself a booty call. But now she wants nothing to do with me. And he's all like, "I don't understand. I don't. What, I don't. Know what's, I don't think. I don't know what's happening." Uh, and I think at this point too, does he not? He's broken up with Lena, right? They're at like, well, he's kind of just abandoned. Like he's fled the scene. Yeah, of, but, like, but but it's so like, but it's looking this, for him. Yeah, but it's kind of this like, yeah, you'd be better off without me. Bye. After we were like, mm-hmm. we're gonna live here together forever, and she's just suddenly really sad. And you're like, uh, what, what storytelling? <laughs> like, it's just like haphazard. Yeah. And now she, her and Mac are going to go on the lookout for Franz. Cause he's just gone. Like he just is, disappears. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, they go and find Otto big. Like, hey, wh- wh- where's Franz? And Otto's like, oh, I don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and then Mac's like, I know your story. You fuck you lying piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually, I think they actually, so I, they, they call it a flop house, but I think Kim said that he actually goes to that parody from the first episode, the prisoner's aid thing. That's mm-hmm. who he's wound up with, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And so he's like there. getting baths in the corner. Yeah. So he, yeah. he gets to hang out there because uh, he's not well. He's not doing mm-hmm. great. He's had sort of a backslide. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, and then he, he's of just. Sorts. Of sorts, and uh, anyway, uh, it kind of ends with him like disappearing uh, from there. He's going to go mm-hmm. on a journey of some sort, and now Lena and uh, Mech 
have uh, apparently shacked up. They they seem like they'd be a better couple. This Franz guy, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So RJ, um, I just want to mention. So the one thing I this is spoilers, but oh dear, it might add a little bit of like, oh, that isn't clear at all in these first three episodes. So uh, Franz, Franz, uh, before he went to jail, he was a pimp. And the woman that he keeps seeing was one of his girls. And his wife was one of his girls as well. So it's like, oh, his the pimp killed his, like, worker. Okay, well... And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> because there's this there's this line about, like, Lena. Because at one point, he's talking about how little money he makes. And Lena seemed like, well, maybe I can go make some money. He's like, no, no, I don't want you to go do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I is... do remember that point. But there's a reason why. And I was like, oh, that would have been the information to maybe set up in some way. Because at this point, you're just like, I don't get this. But okay, so... that, that does come along. <laughs> I, I got to say, I did not look into anything, which you could probably, you could back me up on. I don't look into this shit. Sure all. don't. Yeah. I did not want to read any more about Berlin Alexander Platz than I needed to. Yep. And I was going to do shoe, Shoelace Man, but something about this episode, I was like, this is Pimp Man. I was like, there's a real pimp energy in this episode. Mm-hmm. That's, I, was, I was curious when you said parts. that. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I didn't look into that at all. It's just like, I was like, I'm getting the energy from him. And I'm getting the energy from Indiana Jones Nazi because when he's denied sex, it's immediately give me the money. And I was like, hmm. I was like, what's going on here? But that's why I said that. It's uh, it, it just all kind of fell into place, man. It all fell into place. But yeah, I didn't look into it at all because uh, obviously I don't care. You don't care. No. And I don't, I, yeah, I've yet to really see anything in this that would be like, yeah, you should care actively. Yeah, there's nothing to care about yet. Yeah. So, uh, star rating, RJ. Oh, this is a one out of four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm over three so far in this okay. this show. Yeah. Um, I have got nothing out of any of this, uh-huh. and that's fine. Yep. Uh, can't wait to see what comes next. Is can't all I wait. have to say. Can't wait. Yeah, can't, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, in an episode entitled A Handful of People in the Depths of Silence. Sounds awesome. Can't wait. Some good titles coming up. A Reaper mm-hmm. with the Power of Our Lord. Love has its price. Remember, an oath can be amputated. The sun warms the skin, but burns it sometimes too. <laughs> mm. uh... About the eternities between the many and the few. Loneliness tears cracks of madness even in walls. Knowledge is power, and the early bird catches the worm. The serpent in the soul of the serpent. The outside and the inside and the secret of fear of the secret. All sounds awesome. And the the last, the epilogue, RJ. Mm-hmm. My Dream of the Dream of Franz Biberkopf by Alfred Doblin. An epilogue. Oh, speaking of that, so the opening credits of this, okay, uh-huh. this, is, this is a TV show. We can talk about this in terms of, like, television. Uh, how does this stand with uh, opening title sequences, uh, the great t- television sequences? 
How was it up there? Is it right? Is it? Do you, were you thinking of that? Woke up this morning. <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't get any Jersey energy from. Yeah. From this at all. <laughs> Uh, is this up there with Sopranos or Home Improvement? I don't think so. I don't know if it's on that level, okay. potentially. Uh, I I don't know. Did you ever see season two of uh, Hill House? No. Well, not not what was what was the second one? It Bly on. Manor. Yeah, yeah. You ever seen nope. that one? I did not. Maybe it's like that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the weak point of the Flanagan verse, I, I believe. Uh, I mean, that's not even Flanagan, though. Yeah, it is. He didn't write that, did he? I thought it was a completely different creative team. What? No, it's all the Flanagan heads are in that one. Haunting of in Bly Manor. Bly Manor. He had to have at least directed an episode or two. I thought he had nothing. Yeah, to no, do he's it. on there. Created by. Well, he's a director, at least interesting i thought he had nothing to do with it other than it was just like capitalizing on the other thing yeah he's a director for sure uh so anyways um maybe it's like blind manner some have said some have said some have said uh what were we talking about earlier uh yeah it's no sopranos it's definitely uh it's definitely not as good as et i would say oh i don't yeah i think he only directed an episode of it that's why oh, i don't okay. consider that's why i don't consider they just it, threw uh, his name on there he's the creator and he directed an episode but he's not one of the primaries like yeah it's like directed by multiple people mm, mm-hmm. yeah okay i mean that makes sense that's what, I, I knew there was something I was like, yeah, maybe he's like a producer. Maybe it's based on one of his ideas, I suppose. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I think maybe it was just the Okay. I thought I thought he was more involved, but they probably threw his name on everyone like produced by sure. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the show. And I wish there wasn't thirteen more of them. Well, hey, only uh eleven. Might. Eleven more. It could be eight hundred. It could be four. I... It's like eleven and a half hours more. That's why mm-hmm. we're, we're spreading it, spreading it wide. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing to do is with this thing. All I know is, I don't like it. It's very well. Did I didn't expect it? Um. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Whatever. Why do Whatever. people uh, always talk about this thing? Like they like no, it so no, much. I don't know. Do not know. Uh, at the end of it, we'll talk about who hates it because we can't talk about it now. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Yeah. So more to come eventually. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Excellent. I can't even ask you final thoughts. Nope. No, because nope. I don't have any. What kind of blank mans do we have to look forward to? I don't know yet because I haven't watched any, but I think I'm gonna stick with this this shtick. Yeah. That's that's uh, good shtick. Yeah, but I mean it is fitting, right? Yeah, it would be like it... burlap, like Nazi man plats, shoelace man plats. 
well, I mean, there is something like that. I don't know though. There's so much. There's so much opportunity for, for what could happen. Yeah. You know what, what I mean? Be, what will be future gimmicks? Um, I don't know. There is a oh. character coming up. I've I've read a lot about named Pumes. Does that excite you? I think you you gotta give yourself a break, man. Don't read into this more than you need to. Going cold every time, like Pumes. me, and just go. Yeah, I, I I mean I needed to know a little bit about what was coming up. I about know, pubes, I pubes. Oh, I thought it was pubes. I, I know you did. <laughs> Rat. There's a guy coming up called pubes. There's this guy called Rat Pubes, and you go, oh, interesting. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Well, this, until you know. until until next week, uh, we'll 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 pick this up next time. Um. Uh, after the break, uh, RJ is going to be like, "Why? Why did I ever do this? Why have you forsaken me?" They sentenced me to twenty years of boredom. The system from within I'm coming now I'm coming to reward them First we take Manhattan RJ, does Berlin seem like your kind of town? I don't think, based on this, I don't think I ever want to meet a German. <laughs> Fair. You Fair. know what I mean? I, I don't hold anything against the German people. It's just, if this is what is going on, yeah. no thank you. Well, you. I'm sorry, your, your, your German listeners out there. I thought the Italians were insatiable. <laughs> you can uh, email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and let sure, RJ yeah. uh, know what have, what for. Um, yeah. Just attack on your, your, your fatherland. There's none of them out there. It's okay. It's true. Um, we got a Facebook page still. True. We got an Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. Sure. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnwolf. Sure. We're on SoundCloud. We got iTunes, Google Play. Not Stitcher, though. Fuck that. Um, Not anymore. Goddamn, God RJ. Next week. Yeah. More. Oh, what more. is it? What's next week? More Berlin Alexander Platt. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, wow. Incredible. Uh, what do you think? That sounds what do you awesome. Think, um, what do you think Oliver Granger's going to think about this? He, he's watching all three episodes with his, like, day off. He's got nothing but time. It's a waste of a day off, and I would say don't do that. Yep. Use your time in any well, other he, way. You know what, though? He's got a choice. He might watch that first Steppy, and he's going to go, Ooh, that's the end of it. Or he'll I go, know, but uh, loving it. He's a glutton just like you, though, and he'll probably he'll be like, even if I hate it, I'm going to watch it all. You know what I mean? I, I, would, I would say fuck this if I was done with it. We'll see. We'll see. got to watch it all, RJ. 
Gotta do it for this. Me, eh? Maybe some naps to look forward to. Naps. Big naps. Big, big naps. Can't wait, can't wait. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. Good night. Uh, yeah.